chair. Staff is ready when you are. Good evening, and thank you so much for joining us this Monday, February 12th, 2024, meeting of the Sacramento Community Police Review Commission. This meeting is now called to order. Will the clerk please call the roll to establish a quorum? Thank you, Chair. Commissioners, please unmute. Commissioner Sample. Absent. Commissioner John Johnson. Present. Commissioner Z. Johnson. Absent. Commissioner Carter Martinez. Absent. Vice Chair Buenrostro. Absent. Commissioner Griggs. Commissioner Carter. Commissioner Carter. Commissioner Jody Johnson. Commissioner Castillo Krings. Here. Commissioner Espinoza Salazar. Here. And Vice, and I'm sorry, and Chair Bliss. Here. And uh, just to note that uh, Commissioner uh, Z. Wayne Johnson has just uh, attended. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. We have quorum. Excellent. Thank you all so much for joining us today. Uh, I would like to remind members of the public and chambers that if you would like to speak on an agenda item, please turn in a speaker slip when the item begins. To provide greater community participation in our commission's work, we will also allow more time for members of the public to give comments and we'll ask the, uh, the clerk to accept speaker slips until the final speaker has concluded their comments. For matters not on the agenda, you will have five minutes to speak once you are called upon. And for matters listed on the agenda, you will also have five minutes to speak once you are called upon. We will also be adjusting the order of our agenda to hear public comment, matters not on the agenda first, followed by the consent calendar, then the discussion calendar before closing with commissioner ideas, questions, and comments, where I will also be giving a uh, chair's update for commissioners present. We will now proceed with today's agenda. Please rise for the opening acknowledgments in honor of Sacramento's indigenous people and tribal lands. To the original people of this land, the Nisenan people, the Southern Maidu, Valley and Plains Miwok, the Patwin Wintun peoples, and the people of the Wilton Rancheria, Sacramento's only federally recognized tribe. May we acknowledge and honor the native people who came before us and still walk beside us today on these ancestral lands by choosing to gather together today in the active practice of acknowledgement and appreciation for Sacramento's indigenous people's history, contribution, and lives. Thank you. Please remain standing for the Pledge of Allegiance. I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands, one nation, Okay, so our first, first uh, moment of business today will be to welcome our newest police review commissioner, Jody S. Johnson from district, um, uh, from, uh, who was appointed by the mayor most recently. And uh, just wanna welcome you to uh, joining us on this body and uh, would, uh, happy to open up if you have anything uh, you'd like to add or share with us. Just a thank you for everybody, the warm welcome. Uh, looking forward to collaborating and working with you guys moving forward. 
Thank you so much. Looking forward to working with you. Our, our next business of today is public comments, matters not on the agenda. As a reminder for the public, you will have five minutes to speak on this item. Clerk, are there any members of the public who wish to, make, uh, who wish to speak on matters not on the agenda? Thank you, Chair. I have no speaker slips on this item. Thank you, Clerk. Our next business today is approval of the consent calendar. Uh, as a reminder, again, you will, uh, members of the public will have five minutes to speak on these items. We have the meeting minutes and uh, OPSA complaint activities report that is under a consent calendar. Clerk, are there any members of the public who wish to speak on the consent calendar? Thank you, Chair. I have no speaker slips on this item. And are there any commissioners who wish to make comments on any items on the consent calendar? I did wish to um, make a quick comment just to note that um, I was noting, I was looking through the uh, previous complaint activities that we have received presentations from, from OPSA. And uh, the last one that we had, the last report back we had was a more comprehensive uh, complaint activity review uh, coming from the annual, uh, the annual reports that OPSA has provided since 2020. Um, and a few mentions of the uh, quarter uh, of the quarterly activity reports, but I noted that there weren't uh, updates on quarter quarter two or quarter one uh, based on what I was looking at through the um, uh, meeting archives on the city's website. Uh, I was just curious to know if uh, I see that Dr. Watson, uh, the OPSA director, is available for us and to answer questions. Um, wh where can we, uh, members of the public and the commission find uh, the most latest activi uh, complaint activities reports for uh, Q1 and Q2 of 2023? The new city website is up and running and OPSA's uh, departmental site is up and running. All the reports, all your audits, anything that we do is up on the actual site as well. So I'll find out why you don't have one and two, because you should have one, two, three, and four, because that's for 2023. So you should have all four for 2023. And for 2024, the first quarter is January, February, and March. So we still have some time before you'll receive quarter one. And we have a little bit of time before you receive the 2023 annual report, because right now all that data has been gone through to make sure that everything matches and that it's going to be as accurate as it needs to be. So all the staff, is that's what they're working on right now for the 2023 report. So your 2023's annual report goes from January all the way through December. But quarter four, which you have on your consent, goes from October, December, October, November, and December. Thank you for that, uh, Dr. Watson. I noticed that complaint activities um, or the complaints that were closed for our uh, quarter four were 67 complaints, including 160 allegations, 9% uh, of which were sustained. Um, I'm curious to know if you are noticing any um, particular trends when it comes to the sustained activities reports, as well as um, any notice, like any patterns associated with uh, complaints that are found to be unfounded. 
Well, what I'll tell you is um, when we were, uh, when I came last year, toward the end, I believe I was here October of uh, 2023, one of Oates' biggest deficiencies is not looking at all complaints from police. So right now, I couldn't tell you if there was trends that we were not seeing. With the new staffing that we was approved September 20th, and the interviewing that I've been conducting for the last three weeks, I hope um, that within the next six months or so, I'll transition that where we look at every single thing, every allegation and every complaint that comes in for police. Right now we do it for fire. We've been doing it since I arrived. Let's see, I arrived into this position end of May of 2020. We started reviewing everything that came in on fire in November of 2020. So we're, we're limited, um, but we get getting these people on board and getting them trained be very important so we can see what it is that we're missing and what we need to work on to improve. It's hard to, to say uh, because we're looking at, at a very narrow lens. We only can say what we're seeing. And what we're seeing right now, one of the biggest things, and we're still working on that with PD, is improper search and seizure. But that's, that's still, like I said, it's a, narrow, it's a narrow view. We need to get broadened so that we can actually really benefit and add value in some more areas as well. I appreciate that. And uh, I, uh, Remember the conversation that added uh, staff position, more staff positions for uh, the Office of Public Safety Accountability. Um, it sounds like you have six months before, uh, you, like you, you anticipate having more staff in six months? Yes, what I'm adding into it is the training of the individuals. So I plan on taking some um, into the office and, and onboarding them before that, but to get them up to speed is, is gonna take a little bit more time. That way I can transition to looking at every allegation of misconduct from police. That's great to hear. Uh, I hope that all goes well. Uh, my last question was going to be, um, the last time you were uh, at our meeting, you had let us know that there were a number, there were still a number of um, uh, complaint activities that had, um, that OPSA was still investigating from uh, the police departments, uh, going as far back as 2021, I believe, or 2020. Um, what's the status on that current backlog? Uh, have, have there been any progress since then? I don't have any numbers for you. Um, it has improved, I will tell you that. Um, but I don't have specific numbers on, on what the, the actual backlog looks like. It's hard to say um, because some of, like your reports that you receive, just because it says that it was closed um, during quarter four doesn't mean that that actual allegation or that complaint was received during quarter four. It probably was received in quarter one or quarter two. So it takes some time in order to, you know, interview everyone that's involved and actually investigate that and then to hand everything over to OPSA. And it takes a lot of time, too, if OPSA sends something back and has more questions or says that further investigation needs to be done. Some of them... Um, most of the time, I would say there are not a lot of cases that get sent back, but on your list, you should also see at the back where it identifies some of the issues that we have and how we send it back and what's the result of that as well. I noticed that that actually raises, brings to mind, I was curious to know what is, when reports are sent back to the police department after an OPSA investigation, what is, what is your observation of like the turnaround time on that? Like when there is, um, when they review your findings and um, come back with uh, their own report, or their own report back? It varies depending on the complexity of the investigation. Um, sometimes it's weeks, uh, sometimes it's months. And what you run into is, is whichever the commander or um, whatever bureau that the uh, case falls under, 
if that individual is in training off out of town, all it does is, is delay the communication back and forth to see if we can get to an actual uh, agreement on what the disposition of the case should be. So it just, it could be quick or it could be slow. And then with on our end, we have very few people. That's why we were approved. So if uh, either one of my staff is out, it, slow, it slows them down as well. Because if it takes us too long, then it'll, um, in the interim, it'll, it'll slow police down just as if they're off, it'll slow us down as well. Thank you, I appreciate you uh, being available to answer our questions. No um, the last question that came up to mind that I meant to uh, check in with you about, last year we had requested a presentation from uh, the Inspector General mm -hmm. about um, the officer-involved shootings uh, cases that he's been investigating and completing. Um, we were told that he wasn't available to present to us before he presented to city council. I'm curious to know if uh, you, if OPSA has a timeline on when uh, uh, the inspector general will be available to present to the commission or to, and or to city council. No, I don't have a timeline. I'll, I'll figure that out and, and get, get that information to you. Um, one of the things that, that we're developing is a report specifically based on that position itself as well. So that's what's holding up some of the time and then the audit as well because when I said that an audit was necessary and needed to be done because I don't have a lot of staffing, everything else went to the back burner. Mm -hmm. So that's one of the, the biggest things that I've talked to mayor and council about is the support that's needed because with three people in the office, you just, you're not getting a, a lot done, especially when you wanna make sure that your public reporting is out there where they can see what is being done. And then I, I restructured and added a lot of information to the report so you don't only have statistics because in the past, officers provided this many allegations, this many complaints, but it didn't say what we do. So I added information to show what we agree on, what we don't agree on, what the process is, so people can understand how we fit into the scenario and what our authority is and what it is not, because there's some things we, we have no jurisdiction over as well. Thank you for that, Dr. Watson. Uh, Commissioner Carter. Yes. Um, in regard to spotlight of complaints, can you tell us how many if any were sustained from the spotlight? The spotlight are all um, allegations of misconduct that came in in October, November, or December. They're not complete yet, so I'm not sure what that investigation will entail. We'll get it, we'll, we'll go through every single thing and part of it, and then we'll determine whether or not we see some deficiencies or we, or we don't, and we agree, and then we close it out. So that's the only thing with um, how the reports are configured and how they come out. Everything you're seeing came in during that quarter, but that, that, that just because it came in, the turnaround time was not that fast. So it's, it's not over with yet. Okay, and on page six, improper search and seizure, 31 number of allegations. Yes, ma'am. Is those the same allegations from the audit? Oh, no, ma'am. Oh, okay. Mm. Right. The audit uh, covered, um, and that's one of the things that, that we'll, we'll do for uh, this year is we're gonna to have to expand upon the audit because the audit only covered two years. And so we have some, some goals for this year to go back and, and look at um, five years of data because we were limited in what we provided because of staffing we only had two years worth. So to provide a, a, a bigger uh, picture, 
because sometimes the less information that you show, it points you in a different direction and, and you can make stats tell what you wanted to tell and that's not what we're here to do. We're here to figure out if there's a problem and then develop a strategy to help them improve it. The main thing is to keep the officer safe and keep the public safe and make sure that we're, we're actually uh, paying attention to how we treat people. Treating people well goes a long way and a lot of this other stuff wouldn't happen. So our job is to look more and, and that's why I'm hoping that I can get um, these additional people on board so that we can look at more years of information, look at more things that's happening and then report back on what we see. Because if we're seeing good things, we're gonna say it. If we're seeing bad things, we're gonna say it. That's just what our job is. Okay. Also on page six, I see the big numbers, improper search and seizure 31, neglected duty 22, services 49, can I have a refresher on neglected duty since it's 22 allegations? I know what improper search and seizure is, mm -hmm. but as far as the neglected duty, how do you distinguish that from the service, which is a high number of 49? Well, the, the easiest way to do it is I could summarize. Probably what, I, what you want is the exact definition that is used by internal affairs and how they categorize their cases, because we don't categorize them internal affairs does at the PD. So instead of me summarizing what I see it as, the best thing to do is to have PD to give you the exact definition that they use when they categorize their complaints. One other thing, since you brought that up, that I, I can do as well is put the uh, definitions inside the report so that you, you won't have that issue as well. Because we, Dwight, um, even Mich Michelle and Angela that work for me, we always summarize and stuff. But summarizing, it, it can lead you to perceive it in a different way than what it is. Most of the time, uh, when you talk about service, it's someone who's calling in and they believe that the way it was handled. They're saying that they feel like the individual was rude. The, the individual uh, used curse words, things like that. Neglect of duty, again, we summarize, but we're saying that they went to a call and didn't do what it was that a police officer is supposed to do when they respond to whatever that is. But the best thing I can do so that you don't have those questions is, is inside our quarterly reports, I can add the definitions of the categories of what the allegations go into and how they determine what allegation it is when a person calls in and files a complaint. Because that's something OPSA does. We don't do that. What we do is get the information once it's been categorized. Okay, and the way you just summarized the factual summary, that's helpful to kind of put it together. Because if you just give me the definition of neglect of duty uh -huh. and that I don't have a little hypothetical fact situation. Oh, you might not, okay. Mirror it, then I really don't understand the neglect of duty. But when you said what you said, I understood it. So that would be helpful. Now, since you've been doing this a while, mm -hmm. these numbers, is this like, is this the trend? Uh, these numbers pretty much reflective each quarter, or do they go up and down? Or is they go up category, and down. Are these three categories the main three with these high numbers? Are they high all the time? It can fluctuate. When you go back to as long as I've been here uh, since 2020, it changes. But I will say that the reason why I zeroed in on improper search and seizure, because that is a category every single um, quarter, that is, that is, that's the most. That's one of the top three every single time. So that's one of the reasons. Um, some of the other reasons why I zeroed in on it was some cases that I read and that I looked at the evidence, and I'm like, okay, we got to do better. And that means not just training, not just policy, but making sure that everything we train officers on 
um, all of our policies that we ensure that it's followed through and it's implemented when you carry out your duties in the field. We can train and we can have policies, but if it's not practiced, then it's a waste of time. And so that's, that's the biggest thing we want to see is, is once all the policies um, are developed, reference the recommendations from OPSA in the audit, once that's rolled out into the organization, once training is modified and updated, what we plan to see is follow through great supervisory actions by if something isn't being done right, then it's corrected. That's, that's the main thing. And then what we should see is those numbers going down. But it's not overnight. It takes a lot of time. You're talking about an entire organization. So it takes, you make improvements incrementally. If you see something really big and like, wow, they, we changed it overnight, that's temporary. If you want long-term changes, you have to work on it incrementally. So we're hoping that the more we push, the more we collaborate and work together where we develop strategies that we start seeing over time that you don't get as many of those same allegations and complaints where people are saying, I was here, I got pulled over, I had a conversation, they threw me up against the ground. You don't want to hear, you don't want to continue to see that if that's something that you're working on, if that's a priority in your organization and you're looking at culture, then you should start seeing what you're working on in the police department. You should start seeing that be reflective in the lesser complaints for those particular actions that you're working on. It should, it should align, but it takes months. Okay, so during your tenure here thus far, in looking at these investigations and the complaints and working them through, where are, in your opinion, mm -hmm. the gaps? Because we always talk about the general order and the policy, and we're cranking out all these policies, but yet we still have the allegations. So I'm trying to figure out do people don't understand the policy or they understand the policy, but they're just doing something else? So do you see um, where are the pitfalls? Where are the gaps? There's got to be some gap because we always talk about training mm -hmm. and they got all these hours of training and then you got all this work on the policy. But then yet on the other end, you still have these complaints of rudeness or whatever it is. So there's some disconnect. So based on your experience of, you know, being here for however long, what are you seeing? Where is the disconnect? I don't think it's a disconnect. I think it's a, a multitude of, of things. Um, I, w I would say that, that some of it, and we identified it, was policy. From where I come from and from, from the organizations I've led, a separate standalone improper search and seizure policy was the most important thing because that's something the officer does on a daily basis. Their decision making involves, it, is, it revolves around improper search and seizure. You do not want to interact with someone and you do not have the right to talk to them to begin with because there are some who just comply. They're not really sure what their rights are. So they'll, they'll comply and do what you ask. But then you have another group, especially post George Floyd, who they don't care who you are. They don't care what you look like because you wear a uniform, you're a problem. They painted the entire organization or the entire police force with a, with a broad brush and they don't trust them. You want to make sure that we're trained to the point where when we come up to you, we know that we have the right to demand your idea, whatever it is that we're asking, because should we not have the right to, and it goes in the wrong direction because they're non-compliant. A lot of times the non-compliance leads to force that we don't really need. Because force leads to a whole bunch of other paperwork and it's, it's a problem. So the main thing that I would tell you is, is that 
We've had an over a, a high turnover since I've been here. When I was here, Chief Hahn was here. He was here for quite a while. When he exited, we had a lot of people exit. Post-George Floyd, again, you had a lot of people who didn't want to be in this profession anymore. So they're still dealing with staffing. That's another thing. And then when you have a lot of your um, veterans to leave the organization, that hurts no matter how we want to look at it. A veteran officer, nine times out of 10, is very well versed on what it is you can and cannot do. Um, to get everybody up and running and try, I remember when I was a, 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 a cop and I, I'm not even gonna tell my age, but again, that first year or two is very difficult because you're, you get a lot of training. You're right, we get a lot of training all the time, but the follow through is the most important thing. So what we train people on, the policies that we write, we have to have good, strong supervision to make sure, especially those as boots on the ground, meaning your sergeant rank. That cadre is the most important rank in a police department. Not a lieutenant, not a captain, not a chief. I've been every rank. The most important is sergeants. They have the most influence on what officers do because they're on the ground looking. So we have to make sure that what we want the organization to do, that our whole supervisory cadre is doing this. They have the same notion. They are, we are all on the same accord because if I'm saying one thing as the chief or as the assistant chief, but my sergeants are doing something totally different, we have another problem. So it's a lot of different things that can go into why we're seeing some of the issues that we're seeing. Another thing could be staffing. I come from organizations that are very, very, very community oriented and it's geographically based, meaning an officer works the same area, the same beat every day of the week and you have no choice. When you're a sergeant, you're over that same beat and so the community knows who they're dealing with and they know who work their schedule every day and know who lives on their street or know what businesses. And so when you don't have that philosophy as well, that can hurt as well. And when you have officers that leave and people not familiar with who, they, who, who they're interacting with, the trust, it, it changes. So rebuilding trust and establishing long-term trust, it can be a problem too. So it's not just one thing, but when you start saying, we, I wanna work on this, this is a priority for my organization. That's what I mean by you gotta see small, small improvements. Because a whole organization, you're not gonna see a turnover and change in what we, how we do business, not long term. If you see it overnight, something's wrong. It's gonna take time. And you, you, what you're wanting to do is ingrain that culture and that philosophy within your organization. So it's a lot of reasons as to why we're seeing what we're seeing. Okay, does officers track how many of the closed cases actually become court cases? No, OPSA doesn't have any authority once there is an agreement. So you have somebody make a complaint. When they make the complaint, they say that the person did five different things. We're just gonna say five different things. So that's assigned to an investigator. And this is for fire as well, because we have to do the same thing for fire. Once everything is investigated and the whole entire file comes to, to someone in my office, it gets assigned to someone. Once everything is worked out and say, everything was investigated thoroughly, um, the evidence in the file matches the disposition. So say that the person did something wrong and it shows sustain. Once we agree on it, it's out of our hands. So when we start talking about discipline and court cases, we have no authority over that and so we don't get any of that information and we don't we can't track that because we don't have the jurisdiction for that. And that's just how council set up this office. So once the disposition is done, OPS is out of it from that point on. We have no authority after that. I got a 
follow up on that, but you can't answer that because you don't track it. Mm -hmm. But my question is to the law enforcement present, does anyone in SAC PD track the closed cases to see what percentage of those allegations that were worked up actually go to the lawsuit level? Good evening. Yeah, we do track all of our litigation cases, and if it goes criminal, then that's a, that bifurcates from the administrative investigation. So we do track both sides of that to see where they go. I don't have any statistics for you or numbers for you, and I can't give you those tonight, but, I, but we do track each litigation that goes through our city attorney's office. That, that's, that's against the department or personnel in the department. Okay, so as a commissioner, I want to know what percentage of the complaints are actually um, turning into a lawsuit. And, and are you asking sustained complaints or? Sustained. Okay. How many sustained are actually going to a lawsuit? Um, well, but if you're tracking them, I guess I would like to know also, even if you said it was unfounded um, and somebody went and sued anyway, I'd want to know that percentage also. Do you have that information? You we have track, all we, the lawsuits, right? We, we don't currently have a, we don't bounce it off the Internal Affairs Administrative Investigation. We do track all of our all of our litigation cases though, and that's, that wouldn't be hard to do because obviously we don't, I mean, we have a few, but not a lot. Okay, okay. Um, and then I guess the last thing, I was looking at this spotlight, and one of them had to do, somebody was stopped and it was a mistake. And that just jumped out at me because when I was observing at the academy, they had this factual scenario and it was a mistake and the people got stopped and arrested and handcuffed and all that. And then it was like, oops, we was one digit off on the license plate. <laughs> and so uh, I definitely understand whoever made that complaint because if I was in their shoes, I'd be very upset too. And you can't just write it off because it was a mistake. But that's, you know, it's, it's a mistake where the person is stopped, handcuffed, detained, whatever feelings they're feeling, all to find out that, oops, we were one digit off your license plate. So anyway, that resonated because that actually, I observed that happened at the academy with the scenario. So, all right, well, thank you. No problem. I'd like to uh, turn it over to Commissioner Johnson, Trudy Johnson. Uh, thank you, Chair. Um, just a follow-up question, and I apologize. I'm trying to learn everybody's name. So I'm very sorry. Um, Officer Buchanan. Buchanan. Um, just a quick follow-up. You said you guys track the cases that are like litigated, correct? What happens if it isn't litigated? So if it's a sustained complaint and it doesn't lead to litigation, what happens with that queue? That's all through our internal affairs, so I think we have to bifurcate here what a, a lawsuit would be, what she's talking about, what goes to the lawsuit, and what gets sustained and the, the disposition behind that sustained, um, far as like discipline or you know what, what occurs, and we do track all of that. So, so the discipline piece, if it doesn't lead to litigation, would be something that we can be able to take a look at as well? Uh, I don't know if you get it, you can't get it like per case, but um, I think we do, produce annually, don't quote me on this. Uh, maybe Lieutenant Shirashi could help me out. You know, he worked in IA for a little bit. Yeah, we, I think we produce those numbers annually 
what what sustained findings, all the findings we have, um, each one of those. So okay, I only ask because I'm thinking like for public transparency, if a citizen files a complaint, complaint goes through, it's sustained, and then it just kind of gets handed off and then nothing happens. Is there any way to kind of track and be able to provide that information to the public? Hey, look, it, it didn't end up in litigation, but this is something that. I, I believe that every complaint that we have, the, the whoever complained gets a disposition letter. So from our department saying what it was, and I believe we produce statistics at the end of the year um, stating all of our investigations. Okay, and it's only because I've you know spoken with numerous community members. The reason they don't file complaints is because they feel like nothing's going to happen. So I think at least having at least those numbers or something, kind of like she broke down in the in the disposition by allegations, maybe like a disposition by discipline, disposition by outcome, or something just available to the public would probably help out a lot for like transparency. Yeah, yeah, thank you. Commissioner, another thing to note is, is, is you still have individuals who have filed lawsuits who never ever file a complaint, and then you have some people who file a complaint that never ever files a lawsuit, so it's, it's almost separate. It can be together depending on who the individual is and what they choose to do, because it's up to them. They can file a complaint with uh, police Department's Internal Affairs, they can file a complaint with OPSA, they can file it online, It's a, they have a multitude of ways, but some people, they only go and find them an attorney from the very beginning, and other people, they will not file a, 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 an actual lawsuit and go that direction and they'll, they'll file a complaint. So it's just, probably have to just track all of it because it, it, just, it just depends on, on the individual and what they feel like they wanna do. Yes ma'am, I appreciate that. No problem. Thank you for that, uh, Commissioner Johnson and uh, Captain Buchanan. Um, that Brent brought to mind too a uh, question around the number of litigation. Uh, you said that there was a current small number and uh, by my understanding there is a place on the city's website where active litigation or settled litigation has uh, is being posted. Is that available on the police department's uh, transparency page or is that somewhere else on the city's website? Um, usually we're not redundant with stuff that's put out. The city will just have a link to it, but I don't, honestly, Chair, I don't know if we have that on our transparency page or not. I'm actually getting on our transparency page now to see what we have. Okay. Um, the other question I was gonna ask was uh, for Dr. Watson was related to the search and seizure audit. Um, is, has there been any uh, progress or updates when it comes to implementation. Uh, is, like, how, is the, how is OPSA currently tracking uh, or working with the departments when it comes to um, implementing the recommendations that, were, uh, that you issued out through that audit? I have a staff member, which is the Inspector General assigned to the policy team. But again, it, it, it's, taken, it's taken some time. Um, and again, even once the, the policies, like I said, once they're completed and rolled out, there's still some other pieces that's, that's even more important than just the policy because we need that to be uh, turned into action. So we need to see the policies, the, the training, all that come to fruition in how officers that's on the street, how they're interacting with people. That's gonna give us what we need as far as the improvement and to decrease the amount of allegations that's coming in, the amount of complaints that's coming in. Uh, among the complaints that were included in the uh, in the highlights um, that listed the details of like you know what the complainant was experiencing 
how many of the, were all of, are all of those that are including those highlights are those all sustained complaints or are those ones that no are those are all just allegations that have come into to the office so that's just a, and I wouldn't even say that's not even the third that's just a few of them and a summary of what they said happened when they filed the complaint I appreciate that that's really good to know because uh, I'm curious uh, one of them that alleged um, an unlawful search and seizure uh, by officers occupying an unmarked vehicle um, uh, who were pulled over the complaint over uh, while stopped at a red light. Um, when complaints are, are alleged in that, do you have a number uh, or, or do you track how many of those involve uh, unmarked police vehicles? No, we, we don't track that. I don't feel like it would be difficult to to find out, it just takes some, some research. And I would say, the reason why I would say it wouldn't be too difficult for us to look at is because since I believe it was, um, if, we, if we did the public presentation for the audit in June of 23, that means that I initiate the audit one year before that. So we've been looking at improper search and seizure for quite some time now. Um, we started looking at it before I even initiated the audit. So it wouldn't be hard to, to figure out, but most of the complaints that come in is, is dealing with a, a marked patrol vehicle. We do have some that's unmarked, but it, most of them are patrol vehicles. And again, the individual is um, saying that how they were treated was unlawful. And then we've had many where the individual felt that it was unlawful, and then when we looked at it, it was lawful. So it, it can go it can go both ways. Sometimes it, it, it was illegal and sometimes it was not. And that just comes from uh, community members not being educated on, on what can be done and what can't be done. Are there specific, this is getting more into the legalese of things, I think. Um, are there specific, what are the specific laws, if you know, of uh, that concern um, police practices when it comes to unmarked vehicles. Like, I, I'm curious to, like, it be able to examine that if if you are able to cite that, but maybe that's a question I could ask my fellow commissioners who are, are familiar with it. Um, it varies. It's, 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 it's depending on the state. It's depending on the city. That's the issue with the United States, with every um, city, every state functioning differently. Every policy is different going from city to city. So it's, it's really hard to say. Most of the time when, when um, that question is posed, we start talking about what best practices is uh, from the standpoint of the U.S. Department of Justice and things like that. It, and, and again, um, it's certain organizations that that have done a great job, but I will tell you as a consultant for uh, the National Police Institute that most of the time when you look at the best policies, the best practices are those organizations that were placed on the consent decree, and so their policies have to be approved by a consent decree and a monitoring team, and that's why their policies are so good. So when you look at New Orleans, has a great one. You look at uh, Baltimore, but that's because they were placed on the consent decree, and, and they're not in control of, of the review and the, the um, I would say, the approval of what happens moving forward. Thank you for that, Dr. Watson. Um, I think I still see Commissioner Carter. Do you have questions? Go ahead. Your office ever considered work study students? Yes, we have. Yes, we have. And I, I've even uh, designated a small area for interns, especially um, was 
I would say from who I've hired. Um, attorneys that I've hired have been very beneficial to the office. Um, and then it gives another, um, I would say another viewpoint because all of my experience is policing for over 27 years, so bringing an attorney in that has, I've had a, a actual prosecutor, I've had a, a criminal a defense attorney, um, I've had a civil attorney. So trying to partner with some of the universities to, to bring someone in who needs uh, internship hours before they graduate is already on the list for, for uh, OSA because it, it would be very beneficial because when there is a disagreement, the thing that I have staff do is, is before we send something over, I review it because the one thing I don't want to do, do is inundate police with stuff that's not even correct because a lot of times I do will have staff that doesn't understand police practices. So that's where I come in at and I look at it and tell them, no, that's not how it's supposed to be. You're, you're thinking this way, I get it, but let me explain to you how it works. Or I look at it and say, yep, that's, that's a good one. This is a problem. And so having a broader scale office that has experience doing different things have been very beneficial as well when you talk about picking up on stuff that wasn't right and then that legal research and um has been very beneficial as well when you start talking about pointing out things that need to be changed within the organization that's been beneficial too since i've been here up for the questions commissioner johnson Johnson? Oh. Um, Dr. Watson, thank you. Um, I just was listening to you in regards to talking about the areas where officers are in the neighborhoods and um, being a part of the community. And I know that we're right now running where we are short of officers. But with that in mind, um, are we at a situation where we can possibly look at um, how much time an officer or officers can spend in certain districts of our city and the neighborhoods um, to bring that, um, that feel good for the neighborhood and the community uh, where some things happen and some things don't happen, but let still they know that we have a presence of officers in the community. I know in our area, District 2, we have a station that um, is not accessible to walk up anymore. Um, but it's there, but we don't have that cohesiveness like in other neighborhoods. So I come from San Francisco, San Jose, and that it, the Bay Area, where you know you would find out there's pockets of officers, officer stations, officer where they hang out where they are. Um, where the community can kind of like um, gravitate to them and also come to um, the knowledge of being in touch with the, um, the police department. And which gives it easier to know that, hey, it is reachable, uh, rather than trying to find out somebody who can help us go through the red tape of complaints, bring a complaint about, um, and that's the long way around versus something happening immediately. Um, that's one thing that I haven't all the way looked at with Sacramento since I've been here. I probably our commanders would know more information about how officers are um, assigned in, in the different districts. Um, and yes, you're right. A lot of times you'll hear uh, people talk about staffing is an issue. Um, but when you, when you make it a part of your philosophy, that's not a problem. Another way to look at it is, is you track 
um, uncommitted time versus committed time. Committed time for officers are when they're responding to a particular call for service. Uncommitted time is anything where you were not dispatched. So that means if you got out of the car to talk to someone and this was a non-enforcement action, um, if you stopped in the business to introduce yourself and say you're the beat officer working, that's uncommitted time. We tracked a lot of uncommitted time because, again, our focus uh, where I come from was how much community policing is going on and is it enough because we wanted that trust uh, with the community. So I'm not really sure because as I came during COVID, right when George Floyd happened, so I hadn't had a chance to look at that. And one of the battles that I, I've been dealing with is resources. I mean, mayor and council, that's who I report to, and they want a lot of things. But this office has never been big. And so it's only so much that, that can be done. Um, but I'm, I'm hoping that this time next year, resources, well, we can always say we want more resources. But it, it's, it should look much better. And then I should have much more information where I can get very specific on, on what we're seeing. But community policing does take time. It does take staffing, um, but it's also about um, who we hire and who we bring into the organization. And if they really want to do public service, then it's not an issue or a problem for you to talk to anybody, regardless of where they come from or where they live. It shouldn't matter. Um, but sometimes, um, and I've been in those organizations where we messed up, and even though we have all of these different things in place to try to weed out people who are not a good fit, we still end up bringing in some of, some of the wrong people. And so when you bring in the wrong people who want to go do something that your organization is not, that's not a, a part of the expectation, it creates issues as well. Because what we want is individuals who are very comfortable with talking to anybody, regardless of what socioeconomic class they're in, what they look like, where they come from. That's, that's what, you, when you say public service, you want to serve. And you're trying your best to help in the best way you can, because nine times out of 10, we're seeing people that's in crisis. They call the police for a reason. And so they're not always kind to us, but that's what we raise our hand to, to want to do. Thank you. You're welcome. Thank you, Commissioner Johnson. Um, are there any more questions for Dr. Watson or the police department on this plan activities? Oh, I see uh, Commissioner Wayne Johnson. Hello, yeah, Brother Johnson. <laughs> wow, okay. <laughs> uh, Director Watson, um, and, and also, also to you, Captain Buchanan. Do, do, as, as part of uh, looking at the effectiveness of policies versus actions, is there a composite list where, you, where you, you list each officer down? What did they? How many complaints in the nature of complaints in one column? And you have a, a separate column is what's where? What officers have been recognized with commendations, you know, for service and the like? Because that would start to be able to point to point out what are the behaviors that, as a as a department, we are supporting versus what are the complaints in the community, you know? And it will also serve to, to be able to say that, you know, the inverse, you know, that, uh, you know, we, we are commending those officers who are displaying good judgment, community policing and practice and the like, and therefore dispel some of the impressions that are out there in the community. But you don't know until you, until you know, you know, until you look at it. So how is that, is that being captured anywhere? I bet it is. Yeah, so it, it is captured, but how we monitor it is we have an early intervention program, 
and this is a, a software that each sergeant has to check on their, on their employees um, monthly and a minimum, they should be checking it weekly. And that helps us find these pre-indicators of bad behavior, right? If they have, you know, six, we'll just use foot pursuits. Six foot pursuits are in there. Well, why is everybody running from you? Is there, you have a communication error. So we use it as a tool like that because it covers all of our use of force, foot pursuits, like a plethora of things in there. Mm -hmm. um, just even phone calls, complaints, it's all listed in there. Now to protect the with personnel records uh, laws, like to protect those, like the sergeant can't look at the actual case because it may be an active internal affairs case, but they can see that what, there is one open for them. Right, and then they could reach out to their, their boss and then talk to, they could talk to the internal affairs division. So yes, it, it is tracked to answer your question. Mm -hmm. um, and it, it's, it's a program that is newer to us um, and we're still working on perfecting it, but it is something that we have. Okay, is, is that something that could be shared when we, do, when we do the subcommittee meetings, you know, on it, where we could kind of talk about that, you know, to the extent to which we could be helpful in terms of what the sensitivities are and tracking of the information and what we hear from the community versus what's happening inside the department. You know, so if we could work on that together, it would, it, I think it would uh, be cool for both, both parties. Yeah, I, yeah, I understand that. Um, there's per, there is laws protecting personnel records, right? So we couldn't release the, the name of the person, right. you know, but we could, we could report, you know, we had one officer that had three complaints this last quarter. Mm -hmm. You know, um, I, I don't know if that's something that we are doing or would do, but that's something that we could consider and move forward in, in looking at doing. Um, but right now, we, we, we do track it internally, um, and then obviously, if it's not, it hasn't re reached its disposition, mm -hmm. we're, we don't, we're not going to, you know, release any of that information because we don't know what the finding is going to be. Yeah. No, I, I, I appreciate the confidentiality side, you know, from, from a personnel record. We, we can use a diff, different identifier, you know, on it other than, other than a person's name to be able to track it. But I would request that, that we add this to our, our subcommittee agenda, perhaps, you know, as, as the most appropriate place to, as a working group, you know, to, to, to talk about it. And then, then separately, this then ties back to the conversation we've had a number of times in terms of what is the matrix of discipline, you know, that goes down, you know, on it. And there's been examples, you know, shared in terms of what other departments are doing and, uh, and, and some uh, discussion with where uh, this department, you know, is and, and where it wants to go. So that, that's part, as part of our uh, coming years agenda, that, that's, uh, uh, that's a, a part of it, uh, of what we said we wanted to look at. And, and uh, hopefully uh, the department is looking at that as, as well and we can make some improvements. Yeah, I appreciate it. Just to clarify, you're talking about in this subcommittee just people that have multiple complaints in, in each quarter. Yeah. Just to say, hey, we have four officers that had three complaints. We have four officers mm -hmm. that had two. If, there, if there's a redundancy there, you just would like to know that. Yeah. Like if they're that number. Okay, I'll follow mm -hmm. up for you on that. Okay, thank you. Thank you, Commissioner Wayne Johnson. Uh, Commissioner Jody Johnson. Uh, thank you, Chair. Um, just for clarity, because um, what I heard was once there's a disposition, then that that is tracked, the, the discipline or like the complaints are tracked. Because um, I'm only speaking from experience. Like I was in court a couple of times, filed a motion um, asking for any kind of bad conduct. I'm just trying to see if that information is not available because it hasn't reached disposition and then in that case, is there a more efficient way to go about it? Because what I'm hearing is a complaint can be made, but then the, I guess the, the, the factual pieces won't be made available 
if there is no disposition. So it can be sitting in a queue. I think Dr. Watson said earlier there's complaints sitting in a queue from a year ago. So is there a more efficient way? Is, is that new programs you're talking about, is that going to make it more efficient, like real time? Because again, if a, there's a complaint against an officer and there's eight complaints and the reason none of that information is available is because there hasn't been a disposition on it yet, that that is a clear like problem, indicator of a problem. Because again, if especially if it's the same thing, if it's harassment, if it's search and seizure, if it's improper search and seizure, and it's never documented because it isn't captured because it hasn't had a disposition yet, that's a problem. There is a legal process for what you're talking about. It's a pitches motion, which is held with a judge and it's ordered. So there is a process, in that, and what is what is briefed in that process is what's in the what's in the police personnel record to the judge. And, so. and I know that part. I, again, I yep. filed those yep. motions. But what I'm saying is, is if the information is not available because there's no disposition, it doesn't even appear. Like I, I, I submitted pitches motions and there's nothing there and we know for a fact that there's a reoccurring problem with a particular officer, but if it hasn't hit their personnel file, if it's not being tracked, all those, again, if it's eight complaints against one person, if they're not, if they're not being handled, if it's not like came to fruition or come to a conclusion, it's not being tracked, how does that I'm not positive. I know that the IA investigators do our pitches, and they uh, they have access to any complaints that are in there. I don't know what they could give or can't give. I'm not versed enough in that. I apologize for that. Um, but that is a question I can follow up. But the, like far as releasing information on our officers and their personnel records on the number of complaints, um, it's it's really hard to do, right? It's like saying you're guilty before you're proved. You know, you're not innocent anymore. So there, there's a pr due process for them also, for the government code. So um, I, I believe. That, that's what you're asking, could we just put this information out that there's complaints made? Because if if someone just wanted to make multiple complaints about a person until you know, well, is the same person complaining? What, what is the complaint? What is the nature of the complaint? There's a lot of details that have to go into that, I believe, for the investigation to make it fair on both sides to, to put it out. So I, I don't know if I have an answer for you on that, but um, that's, that's what I got. I'm not sure if I'm understanding your question, Commissioner. If you're asking if it's tracked, Everything is tracked once an, an allegation comes into any office it's tracked you know the uh, summary of what the the uh, complainant is alleging um, who they're alleging that did it the date the time is is everything is tracked so I'm not sure if that's what you mean or if you're just saying because it hasn't been investigated yet that it goes away it, it doesn't go away either the main thing he's probably trying to tell you is is that um, you don't want to list out all this stuff, and then it turns out that we have a complainant that is is not telling the truth, and then you have a list of saying thinking that this individual has done all of these violations and they haven't. But from the time a person says that they have an issue with something that happened, it starts getting tracked from from the very time that they either online uh, send a request, an email, it call by telephone, go to Internal Affairs, go to OPS, either, no matter what it is, it's tracked from the very beginning. It does take some time, though, to see if the investigation determines that something wrong or something was done that shouldn't have been done. That takes some time for it to be assigned to someone, someone to contact all witnesses, contact the complainant, all that information for the investigation to, to come. But no, it, it, it doesn't get dropped or goes. It's, it's systems that Internal Affairs uses, and, and actually Internal Affairs and OSA uses the same IA Pro system to make sure that every allegation is tracked, every complaint is tracked who it's on is tracked, but as he advised, uh, when you start talking about the Peace Officer Bill of Rights, 
people's information can't be provided according to law. Okay, but there is a way to get the point in time information, like like real life. Like, so if there was eight against my, I apologize, Officer Buchanan, right? There's eight complaints right now against Officer Buchanan. It'd be a way to at least say, hey, there's eight complaints against Officer Buchanan. There's a way to track that, correct? Everything that comes in on anyone is tracked, even if it's just say it's not an officer and it's one of our dispatchers or something. It's, you have to, to make sure that, like we said, that we're tracking what people are saying and then we're tracking the outcome of, of the investigation as well. All right, thank you. Really appreciating this conversation. Um, it's very enlightening. And uh, I wanted to check with uh, Commissioner Wayne Johnson regarding your request because it brought to mind, I think, I think previous complaint activities reports we had noted and had asked about um, the number of disciplinary actions against officers. I believe that if I was mistaken, um, if I, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, Dr. Watson, um, there were a number, or in previous complaint activity reports, or maybe it was the annual report, there were a list of um, number of sustained allegations or disciplinary actions. Uh, that's for probably the annual reports you're probably talking about. Okay, that's what I was thinking. Um, that list the, uh, the number of uh, disciplinary actions for specific complaints, but it uh, there was a disclaimer under that that noted that some uh, some disciplinary actions may be happening against the same officer, but OPSA didn't have access to the number of officers who received disciplinary actions. Um, do like tell me that say that one more time. Um, I lost you lost me. So what? you're saying OPSA in the end report it outlines the type of discipline that's received for the entire year. Is that what you're talking about? I Where think it says it. Um, termination, suspension, counseling, is that the categories? Yeah, I think that does, does OPSA, like, is OPSA still tracking that? Do you have numbers of, or, or does the, or I know the police department does, but uh, does OPSA have access to how many officers have received like disciplinary complaints or disciplinary actions within a given year? Um, to, and able to report that within the either the annual report or the compl uh, quarterly plan complaint activities reports. We report um, the actual uh, the the actual determination of what the discipline is, but tracking every time an officer receives something. No, we don't track that because that's, that's outside of our jurisdiction. But because we have the same systems, we do uh, report on what has happened for that year for fire personnel and for police personnel. But to go individually and say, well, Officer Smith uh, received two weeks of suspension, we don't go into it that far because, again, once the uh, we've determined, both offices have determined that the allegations match the evidence and the disposition, then that's where we're out of the scenario. But for reporting purposes, yes, we'll report on for a whole year what the discipline has been for the fire department and the police department. That's good to know, uh, because I wanted to get some clarity around your request uh, for the information access, and I was tracking it as, um, are you asking for uh, the police department to provide like a list of the total number of officers who've received multiple complaints for our review? based on like the alleg like allegation disposition? Okay, I just wanted to make sure that we had that request uh, properly logged. Are there any other questions from commissioners for Dr. Watson? Thank you very much, really appreciate your time. No problem.
And with that, is there a motion and a second for the consent calendar? Moved. And I see a second from uh, uh, John Johnson, uh, Commissioner John Johnson. Um, will the clerk please call the roll? Thank you, Chair. Commissioners, please unmute. Commissioner Sample? Absent. Commissioner John Johnson? Present. Commissioner Z. Johnson? Yes. Commissioner Carter Martinez? Absent. Vice Chair Bowen Rostro? Absent. Commissioner Griggs? Yes. Commissioner Carter? Yes. Commissioner Jody Johnson? Yes. Commissioner Costello Cranes? Yes. Commissioner Espinoza Salazar? Yes. Chair Bliss? Yes. Thank you. Motion passes. Thank you, Clerk. And um, just to note that uh, Commissioner Carter Martinez was uh, in attendance at the commission, but uh, had to leave due to um, personal health uh, health. Okay, we will now proceed to the discussion calendar where we have item three, the Sacramento Community Police Review Commission's proposed work plan for 2024. Um, there, the staff present, uh, presentation, I can, do a quick run through. Uh, we are using a new format that was um, uh, provided to us from the clerk's office uh, to complete this report. And I really wanna thank um, uh, Commissioner Castillo-Krings uh, for, pu uh, for putting the first draft together um, and running us through our summary of activities for 2023. Um, just to note that some of the summary of act activities included our process for um, facilitating the community uh, forums regarding uh, the police department's military equipment use, um, listing off those recommendations that were produced from those conversations. Uh, we also included uh, the evaluation of SPD's response to the Police Review Commission's recommendations from year 2018 and 2019, uh, which as of now um, uh, should be complete and the search and seizure policy review and 2023 recommendations, uh, which are um, supposed to be listed in the, uh, at the end of these reports, along with the um, report that we had produced following the military equipment use conversations. I apologize uh, for the supplemental item. Um, I unfortunately had a uh, computer crash at the time that um, didn't include all of those, but um, there are just a couple of um, minor shifts and changes uh, based on that uh, uh, techno technical snafu that will be updated when it comes to the um, 2023 recommendations, but um, everything else, it, uh, well actually I'm, I'm sorry, I'm talking on the proposed uh, 2023 uh, work plan, which, or the annual report that's, which the work plan is included within that. So take a step back and uh, just talk through specifically the work plan for 2024. Um, the goals and objectives uh, that I drafted here are absolutely up for uh, consideration and changes uh, based on uh, what commissioners here are 
most interested and engaged in, uh, in reviewing. Um, based on the conversation that we had from January, um, the goals and uh, objectives that I had identified as what we're looking to complete over the course of this year is to conduct the joint workshop with city council to address the city auditor recommendations and identify dedicated staffing for the commission, as well as clarify city code to establish the commission's purpose as a civilian oversight body with clear roles, powers, and duties. Um, they also include reviewing and evaluating SPD responses for outstanding recommendations for years 2020, 2021, 2022, and 2023, um, which I may, uh, consider us having to uh, wheel back given 2023 is just getting approved uh, at this meeting um, with the annual report and uh, present past year's recommendations to city council, specifically for 2021, 2022, and 2023, uh, which the last time we had presented to council about our recommendations was for our 2020 recommendations, which are now under review um, or under evaluation. Fourth uh, goal objective is to organize up to six community, public community forums and stakeholder meetings related to relevant public safety topics. Um, this, is be, uh, this includes the community conversations that we're uh, going to be organizing for the military equipment use um, policy updates uh, as we did last year, but I would like to actually see us have more community forums based us given that uh, many community members at those meetings last year had specifically requested more such uh, community discussions for us. So there are a few topics that I'd like to cover that, which uh, are in the um, work topic priorities that we will be discussing, um, as well as completing and presenting commission's community report on SPD's MEU policy for 2024, um, and to draft and complete recommendations and annual report for 2024, and begin drafting our 2025 work plan before the end of the year. So are there any questions regard, or, or um, comments, thoughts, when it comes to the 2024 goals and objectives overview before we jump into the work, priori uh, the work topics and priorities? I see uh, Commissioner Castillo-Krings. Thank you, Chair, for helping kind of put, put all of this together and um, suggesting what we can work on in 2024. I just wanna make sure that I understand kind of the priorities for 2024. When you're looking at the six community forums related to public safety topics. What are what do those topics encompass? Because I heard MEU, and then it sounds like we have a, a couple of other things that are both laid out in the research, um, the research and outreach and goals. So, I, again, part of the thing is as we are sending this document to P, to PP, PNPE. Sorry. Um, if they picked it up, what would be the goals that they would say, okay, the commission is, work, is gonna work on X, Y, and Z? That's a good question. Um, when we, when we, as we go into um, the work topic priority areas, one that I was uh, proposing for us to consider either approving or uh, amending was community response and public safety accountability work topics. I see you, uh, uh, Assistant City Manager uh, Lara, um, uh, was to uh, one of the goals of that particular, uh, uh, that proposed uh, work topic area would be to facilitate up, uh, up to three community forums related to traffic safety, uh, non-emergency response that include uh, homelessness response and uh, mental health crisis response. Um, that I'm absolutely open uh, to uh, 
changes or modifications in that topic or uh, different topics as a whole, but uh, would uh, th those were what I had initially intended with those additional uh, community forums. Uh, Assistant City Manager. Uh, thank you, Chair Bliss. Um, I just wanted to provide some feedback for your consideration as you deliberate on your work plan. I want to make sure that, um, you know, I, I proffer up these feedback uh, so that you can consider them. April, you have a presentation from Department of Community Response on a community workshop on homelessness. And I just want to say that it could be argued that that's outside the purview of the commission, so you might want to think about how to frame that, how to scope that to make it clear as to what exactly, um, you know, how it falls into the scope of the commission. In, um, in April, you talked about um, beginning to um, uh, publicize the MEU forums, and you have the MEU forums for May, June, and July. Just want to make sure that police um, personnel here have an opportunity to comment on that, whether or not they will have the draft plan available and the inventory available to work with, with that timeline. Just want to make sure that that's uh, coordinated. And then in June, you have a um, presentation on the budget process. Well, in June, the budget will be adopted by the council. And the budget process is really a citywide process, not within the purview of the police department. They follow the instructions from the finance department. So again, you will need to articulate how that falls within the purview of the, um, of the commission. And, um, and June is, uh, that might be a very tricky timeline because that's exactly when it's going to council. And PD will be making a full presentation to council as part of the budget process as they do annually. So I just wanted to provide that feedback for you as you consider the work plan. Thank you, Assistant City Manager. Um, in terms of the uh, proposed workshop when it comes to um, homelessness and, and the requested presentation from the Department of Community Response, by my understanding, um, the police department was um, is explicit as a, uh, a community partner when it comes to the uh, DCR's um, impact ma or um, incident management team um, and rapid and rapid response and coordinated uh, response uh, teams as well, which is the area that I'm looking to actually um, uh, get a sense of. I, that's what I'm hoping to like really understand. How does that process work between uh, coordinating with DCR? Um, what roles or um, uh, or areas are being handed from uh, the police department's response, which you know before from before DCR and what DCR is ultimately taking over. Which we've had previous conversations with the Department of Community Response over the years, specifically for mental health crisis response, but not really for uh, homelessness response. Which, um, according to DCR and um, City Council and other members of the public, uh, the police department is oftentimes like responding, like is almost always involved. Uh, within a lot of those responses. So that's the area that I'm lo really looking to um, examine. When it comes to uh, the, propose, uh, the proposal on um, strategic planning and budget management, I mean, this is an area that is uh, for many, like not just for the commission, but for also members of the public and even members of city council, um, an area that is not very clear that we're hoping to understand what is the role of the police department when it comes into managing the budget. Um, the, the, the most uh, recent or most, like, most clearest picture that we had was back from 2021 when we asked then Deputy Chief, um, now, uh, now current Police Chief, uh, Kathy Lester, about whether the department tracks the, to the comprehensive um, cost of its programs and services um, in its budget, and we were told that they don't. And 
it's still not clear if this is exclusively the role of the city manager's office to uh, compile and put together the police department's budget or if that is the like the role of the department itself just like other departments like ipsy um, dcr and so on um, so understanding that this isn't going to like we're not looking to impact the current budget cycle it's really just to get a sense of like and review being able to review the procedures and policies that are related to uh, the organizational planning when it comes to setting their strategic objectives for the department um, their staff like how they're determining their staffing assignments based on uh, their growth requests and um, uh, projected uh, but like you know the projected annual budgets as well as uh, their financial accounting practices as I noted that um, in previous years there have been positions specifically for accounting uh, within the department's uh, organizational structure but I don't know what like how like how that accounting works or what what ultimately goes into that so that's what I'm hoping to examine with that particular work uh, group priority area and the other is to just um, like understand how that all interacts and works like within the other city departments particularly the city manager's office as well as you know any any other relevant departments when it comes to the budgeting process and spending trends um, I see a number of commissioners on the on the queue uh, Commissioner Jody Johnson go ahead uh, thank you chair um, just a uh, first and foremost I apologize I am coming on the tail end of this um, just looking at the draft just wanted to know if there is a component within the community workshops that could speak to knowing your rights or educating the public on what are your rights I think dr. Watson definitely pointed that out like a part of outreach needs to be what can and cannot happen to them so just a, a request if that can be infused in one of the workshops or at least there's a even on this panel here there's a couple of legal minds that can definitely help with that if necessary but I think that that's important to make sure people do know their rights when it comes to engagement with law enforcement and public safety that is an excellent suggestion and I would absolutely uh, love to include that as part of uh, any of our community workshops um, if we have done in the past uh, last year actually um, thanks to Commissioner Carter um, we had a presentation around search and seizure uh, know your rights and would actually um, welcome a uh, presentation around uh, to expand that uh, beyond just search and seizure but other uh, interactions with police uh, relevant to com community policing um, and maybe we can do that during uh, th those workshops as a, as a com uh, key component uh, Commissioner Castillo-Krings Hey, just to make sure that I understand when we're looking at the goals for 2024 what we're talking about is looking at past recommendations to bring us up to current um, MEU traffic safety and enforcement non-emergency response mental health crisis response in relation to how SPD responds to unhoused individuals and budget uh, budgetary transparency and accountability so we're talking about a total of um, right now by my count six specific topics six topics compressed into two uh, uh, two main work group priorities with the third one being more of a standing one that would take on the MEU component um, the civilian oversight engagement and function um, so that would be I, I envisioned that one having more or taking on more of the role for um, the MEU community forums this year and uh, reviewing that policy and then also um, 
examining goals when it comes to enhancing our own commission's effectiveness for reviewing and monitoring um, uh, the police department and improving our effectiveness at community for community engagement, as was requested by uh, certain commissioners. Um, the uh, the community response and public safety accountability ones would cover the topics specifically in the area of um, responses to homelessness, mental health crisis, and violence, um, uh, and uh, traffic safety in particular. Um, I, I see that as being like those being um, not like squarely looking at the department's uh, how it responds to calls that don't always like fall like fall squarely within the emergency situations because uh, based the the closest analysis that I've seen or the most recent analysis that I've seen when it comes to um, the number uh, the disposition of 911 calls um, to my recollection was from 2020 that found that um, only four percent of the 911 calls for um, or in 2019 2020 I believe were uh, related like actually had involved violent crimes and the vast majority were actually like non-law enforcement related. So I'm really interested in seeing like what are like what's happening within those other calls. Um, a lot of calls are, are right now uh, are going into homeless response is what I've been hearing, um, and that's and and also mental health crisis response continues to be um, an issue an area that um, the city like the city in particular is struggling with. The county now has a um, um, a is launching a 24 7 uh uh 911 alternative program for community uh, for uh mental health crisis response called the community wellness response teams um but that program is still getting up up off the ground and i'm curious to know how the city's interacting with that how the police department is actually interacting with that and um yeah i i figured that that would actually be like those could be incorporated under the same umbrella when it comes to community response if if we if we disagree and, and don't and consider that too broad of a scope or too um, many topic areas that beyond the interest or capacity of the commission, I completely understand and we can scale it back uh, based on this discussion. But uh, that's what that, that was what I was uh, uh, suggesting that we look at look at first when it comes to community response. No, and I, I appreciate that. I just I'm looking at the six and they're very meaty topics and um, thinking about making sure that we actually build really strong community forums. I think we have, there were a lot of really good things that we learned from last year and making sure that we build upon it before we add too much. I just wanna be, um, wanna be weary of not taking more than what we can handle just because we have a lot on our plate already just to even catch up to 2023 recommendations. So that would be kind of looking at this, I think if we pared it down to prioritize two to three Plus, on top of just the regular work we have to do with kind of making sure that all of our recommendations are done and making sure that we actually kind of have a full process that is outlined as to how we're going to continue to engage with council, to me, would be, would be what my preference would be. Commissioner Wayne Johnson. Yeah, I was. You know, I think uh, uh, Graciela just uh, hit on a number of the topics that I was going to suggest as well, just to kind of narrow it down in terms of 
bite-sized pieces, <laughs> you know, where you can do it. I mean, we're, we're all volunteers, you know, uh, on it. There's only so much time you're going to be able to devote to some of these very meaty topics. So you really want to make those as, as bite-sizable but relevant, you know, as possible as we continue to move forward. Um, on the issue of homelessness, and, and I appreciate you saying that you really just want to understand the, the role that the police have play, paid in the past and how they're going to go, what role they're going to play going forward, you know, on that. Homelessness is an issue that is extremely large, you know, very complicated, you know, on it. And it's much more policy driven between the city and the county than it is between PD and the city, you know. You know, PD is you know being being called out in response to what has been the policy and the legal parameter that's put around how, how what you can and can't do, you know, um, uh, on relative to uh, homelessness and the Boise decision and you know all the rest of the stu stuff. So, for me, and I'm just throwing it out to the rest of the commission, it, it I think I think what what the what might be uh, put in its place, but uh, would be community of uh, a report out and some work out on what is what's happening in terms of community policing you know and you can have various topics you know what as we heard during the MEU hearings what are you doing vis-a-vis -vis PAL activities you know police athletic you know type activities what are, what are we doing about one two man men in a car you know for community policing and being able to go around neighborhoods what are we doing in terms of look, looking at, uh, as was talked about earlier, whether or not there's going to be set number, set specific officers per a neighborhood, which really enhances community policing because you get to know both the community and the community gets to know you, you know. And so there's a there's a there are some things that that I'm aware of that are going on, you know, within the police department, but it's it's not getting voiced, you know, on it, uh, and it, and it, and it would be. I think it would be beneficial to, for us and the community to understand what is happening and then identify where the gaps are. You know, what are some additional activities we could do or can we tweak, you know, one or two of the, uh, of the programs that are happening now to, so that they end up being that much more focused in terms of what the community wants as, as opposed to a, a dictate, you know, uh, on it. And so with, within that, you know, you could do a subset as part of that discussion of community policing of what, what does um, SAC PD do on a, on a day by day basis because they drive past and they walk past, you know, homeless encampments all the time, you know, on it. Uh, but, you know, you want, you want, so you want to know what, what they do or they don't do when they're separate and apart as part of their normal routine versus being called out for a, a sweep, you know, on a homeless sweep. This is very different action, you know, uh, on it. So, so I think if we, if we went to a community police as, as, as the bullet in terms of what we're, we're, we're looking at as opposed, as opposed to just homelessness, you get a, a, you got a bigger picture and a bigger opportunity in terms of how we're going to, how the SAC PD interacts with the larger community and the community with them. You know, and then you can, then as necessary, you can break down into smaller dimensions, you know? Does that make sense to you?
I think so. So rather than focusing in on like community response, more maybe like community policing mm -hmm. and examine specific programs uh, that the department, um, uh, the department is offering that like provides that engagement to communities so, like the, to that community members are asking for. Mm -hmm, um, mm -hmm. You're thinking homelessness would be one of those? Yeah, it could be. Okay. Were there a, a, other programs in mind besides, um, I think it was, you said the, uh, the Community Citizens Academy? Yeah, again, again I, would, I would harken back to the comments we got from the public during the, the last MEU hearings. Right. And so, so they, they asked for community policing. You know, I want to be able to see pe uh, officers in my neighborhood, you know, and I want to become familiar with them. Uh, they, they hearkened, they made comments about, uh, you know, in the quote unquote good old days, whenever period of time that was, you know, on it where, you know, police officers may have gotten out there and, and shot some hoops, you know, with somebody. Or that when you, you, you've done various um, community-based, you know, entertainment-related events, you know, on it and participation in community festivals and the like. So that, so that, they're, so that they're presenting a different side and perspective of an officer, you know, because part of, part of as, as, at least as I view, the role of the commission is, is to also point out what is good and what, what can, needs to be improved, you know, on it. If you focus only on the I wants and, and where I want to be improved, you, you're, you're discounting efforts that are already under, underway, some of which are appreciated by the community. So you just, just want a balanced picture, you know, as we go forward. Mm -hmm. Totally, I understand. I, I understand that desire too, and I remember the from the the public mentioning the, those sorts of things. I think that could totally be encompassed yeah. within that first work group, and maybe even the second one as well. Mm -hmm. um, I thought I saw Commissioner uh, Castillo Krings, if you wanted to. I think what I, 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 it would be important for us when we're going out to the community and hearing their, their concerns, their thoughts, kind of for us to continue to build on that. And so I think that that would actually be something, one of the things that we've cried, uh, prior, I'm sorry, that we have criticized PD for is showing up for these um, forums and then not doing anything with that information. And I think if we are able to understand, for example, where the gaps exist, I would be even willing to advocate for additional funding for those activities, right? And, and one of the things I think that was really helpful, again, just small things that I think make such a difference in terms of how we engage community is, for example, providing daycare, or providing food. Well, why are we doing that? If we're gonna have these community engagement forums, or even, for example, maybe through this exercise we find out that, by the way, some of the parks where the children are playing don't have a, um, equipment. Well, what do we do about that? How do we partner with PD to actually create that type of community engagement and services that that the community really needs. So I, I just continuing to have those conversations and following up so that there's actions, not just showing up whenever we need their feedback and then being like, okay, we're gone, we'll see you next year, right? How do we continue to build that so the relationship goes not just with PD, but also with the commission? Appreciate those points. Uh, does any other commissioners have any thoughts when it comes, or uh, would commissioners like me to go through the other uh, work group areas or whatnot? Because I'm here right now. I'm hearing that community response and public safety accountability could be reworked as more uh, community policing, um, which I like, which I'd be supportive of uh, to rework that. 
I would definitely like to include um, homelessness response as uh, one of the work area top, uh, priorities, but I uh, could definitely see the um, uh, community engagement programs and activities that uh, the police department currently offers, examining that to see um, the level of, like, of, of community engagement and other, um, uh, another performance, like, you know, another ways that the community, like, either engages with those or how they approve of that and whether they're, uh, whether we support them or not. Does that sound like a, uh, for work group area number one, does that sound like a good rework, community policing and response? Sounds good. Uh, what about um, SPD strategic planning and budget management? The goal of review, like with the goal of, you know, really assessing their uh, annual strategic planning and goal setting, as well as uh, analysis of proposed versus actual spending trends when it comes to the police department's budget. Cool. Civilian oversight, engagement, and function. Um, with the goal of enhancing our effectiveness at both, uh, not just reviewing and monitoring uh, the police department, but also um, our effectiveness for community engagement and civilian oversight of the police. This would also, uh, I envision part of this too, covering you know the backlog that we're currently going through with the uh, uh, with the past year's recommendations, which um, Graciela and I, when we were uh, chair and vice chair, were already doing. I don't see that necessarily being like having to be the role of the the full commission. The chair and vice chair can continue to um, uh, to work through that with uh, like you know uh, a like less than a quorum of commissioners who are interested in that area. Um, but yeah, I, I viewed the uh, examining you know the effectiveness and and um, of the commission as well as um, you know our our process for. Evaluate, like for reviewing and monitoring uh, and evaluating PD policies being part of that as well. Um, how do folks feel about that? I see uh, Commissioner Castillo Krings, are you still on there? Yes, thank you. And go for it. So, just to make sure that I'm understanding for, for the goals in 2024, I'm re yeah. taking notes here. Um, so, some of the work is going to be obviously the existing recommendations military equipment use, then we're reworking community policing, which will include homelessness response. And then we're also then looking at the budgetary transparency and accountability and everything else we're putting to the side for now. Does that? Can you that yeah, of course. So instead we had uh, traffic safety and enforcement, non-emergency response, mental health crisis response in relation to how SPD responds to unhoused. It sounds like we're putting that aside and instead we're reworking it to talk about community policing, which would include homelessness response. Is that, yeah, and then, and then in addition to just the other work we're gonna do, which is military equipment, um, and then budgetary transparency and accountability, really looking at all of the budgeting, budgetary work, trying to ask for additional information about the type of programs that are being funded and everything else that have have been part of the conversation over the last year. Okay. Thank you. Just trying to make sure I'm following along. Thank you for that, uh, uh, providing that clarification. Um, Commissioner Wayne Johnson. 
Yeah, I was just just going to note that I'm, I'm I'm fine with what you proposed there in terms of looking looking at, at the budget and the like, uh, and and our role. But but I just want to again put a put a footnote in there that it's it's that's going to be driven in large part upon based upon the discussion and workshop that we end up having with city council. Yep. Right. In terms of defining what the role of this commission is and and what support staff is would would or would not be assigned and what at what the council is endorsing. As, as our overall role and accountabilities. Okay. Yes, and yeah, I think a lot of this work plan is gonna be determined based on how that conversation goes. Um, I was planning to give an update on that later um, uh, during commissioner and staff comments. Um, so we can uh, definitely something that uh, for us to keep in mind as we formulate this work plan. Commissioner uh, Castillo-Crenz. <laughs> So just a really quick reminder for everybody on the budget stuff. Um, one of the things that uh, the chair and I have been discussing over the last year and a half is the lack of clarity as to what the programs that are being run, how much they cost. At the state level, when you do an annual budget, it is really clear to take the entire budget for a department and understand how many staff, staff positions they have, how much each of the programs that they're running actually cost. And so we're trying to figure out that level of transparency at the city level to say, all right, if we're gonna allocate 200 million of taxpayers' um, dollars, what exactly are we getting for that? What is being spent where, right? Because in order for us to be able to have a conversation about what the money is being used and hold the department accountable, we first need to have clear accounting, you know, and that's kind of just basic budgeting. So we're just trying to create, have a little bit more of a just understanding and this is not a new conversation for PD. So um, we look forward to engaging. Yes, appreciate uh, this helpful framing as we like continue to talk through this. Um, so right now uh, the, way, the way we have it, which my understanding is is that these are work group area topics and but there's a bit of confusion when it comes to um, how we generally assess this we uh, we unfortunately uh, correct me if I'm wrong um, Dep uh, deputy city attorney um, if that we uh, for assignment of these topic areas uh, we cannot Form uh, have more like more than six commit or more than five commissioners uh, per work group area, and we're not allowed to actually ca call them work groups. We essentially can meet outside uh, outside of public meetings to talk about these. Um, one of the confusing things and, uh, and and general frustrations that we've had with uh, the current uh, uh, co city code change when it comes to reports and commissions, but either way, we can. I think there's a way that we might be able to figure out which commissioners are most interested in, in specific topic in the out of the three topic areas that we're talking about. Um, the third being the civilian oversight engagement and function uh, component, which I think we said we were all, it seemed like we were all in agreement on, right? So what I'm gonna suggest is maybe um, if we write down or, or can commissioners email me uh, the, op, uh, the topic areas that they are interested in, in signing up on, other than asking them to do that here in this conversation? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. As long as it's not a group message, just individually. Yep. 
So then that will be the next step when it comes to um, uh, signing out the worker barriers. I would like you to identify out of the three topics, uh, the top two that you want uh, that you wish to be in. You can either be in one or you can be in uh, in two. You could potentially be in all three depending on the, like, depending on the number, but it's up to y'all what your capacity is at. And based on these topic priority, or based on these topic priorities, I had created the calendar um, to try and map out when we would request specific presentations relevant to these work group areas to try and um, uh, basically give uh, the police department and the city an idea of when we would might, uh, when we are most likely to request um, information from them as well as um, uh, specific presentations from other uh, from relevant city departments like the community response department um, as well as thinking out when we might do um, uh, community forums uh, related on these community policing and response areas um, Are there any, is there anything on the, when it came to the proposed meeting calendar uh, that folks would like to see added on there? One topic area that I'd like to see added was, uh, which I don't think was, oh, it actually was, um, was a longstanding uh, follow-up log request, which was a presentation on um, the latest RIPA data, um, the Racial Identity and Profiling Act uh, report that was actually just released uh, for this year uh, in the past uh, in the past couple weeks, and uh, I believe there's going to be a presentation by the uh, RIPA board uh, in March that members of the commission and the public can uh, can view in. But um, were there any specific uh, recommendations or agenda items that commissioners would like to see in the coming months uh, based on the work topic priorities? And keep in mind that you do not have to think of it now. You can also uh, email that to me. I'm considering creating a, a form process for how we might be able to request, like streamline and request um, specific agenda items that maintain and respect the Brown Act. Could I, yeah. Could I uh, just a little input on this? Um, our final inspection for military equipment use policy will be at the end of April, and you have our first forum in May. That policy still has to be completed after that inventory, and then it has to go get vetted by the city attorney. So I think that's, um, I think to have a better forum and not show up with a partial policy or not a policy to present at all, that you may want to consider moving that to maybe June. So we have time to have a good product to, to present to the community. I appreciate that, uh, Captain Buchanan. And one of the things that I was thinking of was because I remember the, uh, you, the PD's mentioning uh, the timeline being that um, it would end in April, and then um, I wasn't. What I wasn't sure about was the scheduling of the inventory, whether that begins um, in April or if that is in May. If, are you saying that that would be that that would occur in May, and then the earliest they could get you would have that report would be? Uh, yeah. Appreciate that, Lieutenant Shirashi. Good evening. Good evening. So our reporting period is from September to the end of April of this year. And so that's when we would do our final counts. We would track down everything and compile all that into 
um, our inventory. We'll have all of our projected acquisitions from the individual units that are requesting military equipment that's not currently in our inventory. And then um, at that time, we are also working on getting all the demographic information. Um, we got some really good feedback on what the commission and what, frankly, the, the city wants to see. And so the, the unfortunate part to that is that it's not anything that we have currently in any sort of database or system. And so that's gonna take a little bit of time. And so for us to be ready to have community forums as early as May, we're not gonna have a complete or even rough draft of the entire report and policy ready. And I know that's not how we wanna to come to forums without an actual policy, without a rough framework, or even like the structure of the report. And so I think that'll create more frustration and confusion, especially if that's what the forums are, are centered on. Rough draft of the policy changes aside, would the department uh, have completed the reporting on the demographic data and uh, usage of the military equipment by then? No, and so that's, that's the struggle is we are, I think in week three of our additional staff to focus solely on the military equipment report, which um, has been focused on usage. And so all those metrics that we don't currently capture, um, we're going all the way back to um, May of last year and getting all those different pieces of data and compiling that currently. And so we're actually behind the ball in getting all the usage data. And so if we ended in April and then we started meeting in May, we wouldn't have processed all of April's data for presentation in May. Hmm. So just for clarification, and I, I see you, Commissioner Jody Johnson. Um, the reason I had uh, proposed it being in May, uh, I proposed it with the intention of being at the end of May uh, with the understanding that you would be like finalizing and, and compiling your draft um, within that same period. Um, I'm trying to assign it where we like, to make it so that we have one community uh, forum per month, as opposed to how it was last year, where it was um, every couple of weeks, and there really wasn't a lot of promotion lead time, which uh, co uh, community members had expressed frustration with um, uh, in, in not getting enough notice that these meetings were coming out. So I don't. I'm not. That's, or I'll uh, open it up to other commissioners to really uh, weigh in. I'm just gonna name that um, my goal is to make sure that uh, what, whenever the time is for the military equipment use conversations, as well as the other community forums, is that we're giving um, members of the public at least like up to a month's lead time to like be able to promote that on our public, like using the city's platform to promote it out there and uh, social media and other, and other avenues and platforms so that they have enough notice about that. Commissioner Jody Johnson. Uh, thank you, Chair. I think the second on that um, concern that you have, and I apologize again, still learning names, Officer uh, Shirashi. Shirashi. Um, is it possible just to set, I think we probably will benefit off of even a, a projected hard like deadline, we'll know of a date like or a period of time like, it's done. So that way we can set the calendar because I think that outreach and the promotion of it is going to be huge. And I, I think you said like a May is too soon, but then it wasn't like a, we can lock in for June. So yes. is it where just to have a hard deadline like it'll be done by this time because then you can adjust your calendar mm -hmm. and we can get it done. 
I, I would love to, and I'm just off the top of my head, I was here last April and I laid out the timeline, real rough timeline, and I think we were even pushing into um, late June, July for a completion date of a draft policy and report to be able to bring before forums. And then as um, Commissioner Castillo-Krings mentioned earlier, we learned a lot of what we can do better this year. And so I think with that information and that knowledge, I think we're better equipped to um, not only get the word out, but um, know our limitations in, term of, in terms of those hard deadlines. And standing here today, forecasting out a couple of months, I wouldn't be able to give you a firm date um, in terms of when it would be ready for publication in draft form. Thank you for that. So it sounds like we're, we'll still be in the same boat of not being able to adequately inform the public of when they can expect at least a workshop to kind of report out. So, but it sounded like from last year, you say you learned from the stance last year, it sounds like July would be a more tangible, like it should be close to completion. So how would that adjust your calendar if it's July? So my, my goal standing here before you guys is to get it out in June. But again, we don't know what we don't know. Um, again, the, the strain of producing much more robust demographic data has been, has been a challenge, and so we're creating those systems now. Um, and so last year was new for my crew and for how we were approaching the community forum aspect to it um, this last year. And with all that information um, and additional staff, I'm confident that you know we will be we'll have a better idea of where we're going to land in terms of the date. And we meet fairly regularly, and that's our opportunity to engage, to provide updates for you guys to ask questions, and we can work on the messaging and things of that nature to ensure that it's out well before um, and broadcasted much more broadly to ensure as many folks attend or have the ability to. So. In response to that, my, first, my first foremost thought being like the most important uh, information that I remember members of the public being interested in is specifically that demographic data and the right. usage data. Um, there wasn't as much, like, I didn't hear as much interest in the specific policy language itself. What I see uh, as being an improvement on this year and that we can actually like come up and propose, which I, um, uh, based on the calendar timeline, that would be what our conversation is next month um, to approve that community engagement process for these forums, um, is that rather than having the full policy drafted out, you know, with all those uh, changes highlighted in red, that the department instead just mentioned which sections of the, uh, of the policy language um, that's already posted on the, on the city's transparency page um, be be listed as like which, which areas that are going to be updated basically so that members of the public can still look and see you know what like what may be the difference in that but it doesn't require the full policy per se to be like be drafted out I think what uh, would be most important would be having that demographic data to be able to talk about in lieu of the the current existing policy like barring like a full rewrite which i don't see that happening no in, in the policy it doesn't change drastically year to year we just inventory we want to make sure we give the proper counts um we identify our projected acquisitions the cost and all the stuff associated with that 
Um, and then we look at um, what's different, what we're not gonna be having or maintaining in our inventory the following uh, MEU period. So you're right, the policy is not gonna change drastically. Um, so we would be able to identify specific areas that are gonna be different upon the final uh, submission of the policy itself. And I'd be more than happy to work with you to identify what specifically in terms of like demographic reporting usage and then certain aspects of the policy. And if we broadcast that early, um, I think folks would understand that that's what the commission's desire is. And that leads us into being able to have community forms earlier than if we had something final, which as you know, in the policy realm, it, it just takes some time. Indeed. Appreciate that, Lieutenant. Um, Commissioner Wayne Johnson. Well, all this discussion is now assumed <laughs> my issue, you know, on it. Uh, so pr primarily two points. W one is absolutely we got to get out there early, you know, uh, a, a month, at, le at least a month notification out to the community. I think during our, our MEU discussion, we went as far down as saying if, if we're squeezed three weeks, but ideally a month, you know, to get information out there for people to be able to digest it and come forward with uh, some substantive comment, you know, on it. Then the second point was really a point of clarification. If you recall the last time we were discussing MEU, there was all kinds of what, what is the real due date, <laughs> you know, you know, on it. Is it the end of the fiscal year and, and therefore we got to do it in September or is it calendarized, you know, so that it's, it's, it's now into December, January 1st, you know, you know, kind of a date, you know, so I'm not quite sure where we, where that got left. <laughs> you know? That's a good question. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Cause, cause that, cause that information will drive our calendar. Mm -hmm. September 4th. I think we, we were approved this last year at September 4th, just up. I think it was September. Well, it was it was September fifth, technically, but like the okay. year before, it was approved um, the twelfth. Yeah. Um, yeah. And by my recollection, the city attorney's office had um, interpreted AB four eighty one to require both the policy update itself and the annual uh, use report to be uh, approved at the same meeting, which. I think I would like additional like like analysis or like maybe some kind of memo to like explain that for us because I like because there was significant community comment um, uh, and uh, like in other legal opinions I heard that were uh, that questioning whether the policy itself um, uh, or the, the the annual use report itself needs to be approved alongside the policy and there was there appeared to be a legal opinion that the policy updates could actually be approved after the annual use report's approval um, in order to give, uh, give the city council time to uh, uh, suggest or amend the revised language um, rather than having it all condensed within the same meeting within the same, like within a year. Um, so I like, that might be actually a request uh, from you, Audriel, um, about uh, from the city attorney's office to like explain the legal analysis and like what the code specifically says to require like uh, the annual the, the annual report be paired with the uh recommended policy changes 
that make sense? Appreciate that. Did you? Uh, did I, uh, appreciate that, Commissioner Carter. Summarize. We had the discussion on when we gonna put it, present it to the community. What month? And the lieutenant said he may not be. The report may not be finalized. And then you mentioned something about demographics. And so, are you saying you want to have a community meeting and only discuss that segment of the report while the other stuff is not final yet? No, the, the demographic and usage data, like how the uh, department's policy was utilized within Sacramento's jurisdiction, um, with a, a summary overview of what sections of the policy out of like, I think it was like 99 pages or something like that, of, or it wasn't 99 pages, but like- 40 something, I think. Yeah, of the policy itself, like which sections are, 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 are they proposing to change? Like what are their ch like proposed changes? Okay, but changes? my question so is I'm confused. Okay, you got the report. The lieutenant is saying a report may not be done until June, July. We're trying to figure out when to have the community meeting. Mm -hmm. And then I heard something about the last meeting, the community was interested in X, Y, Z. And then you said something to the effect of having a meeting on that. So- that's why I was confused. So when the lieutenant, when we have this community meeting, are we gonna have the entire report or he's only gonna be prepared to talk about the demographics because that was what somebody was interested in last year, et cetera, et cetera, and the whole report is not ready. Right. Is that what I heard you, that's what I thought I heard you say something to that effect, but I wasn't clear. That could be uh, my misunderstanding of what I heard the lieutenant say, which I thought was um, that the report, uh, the report, or you wouldn't have both the report and the draft language to the pol like to update the policy complete until as early, as late as June. But is that including, is that of the full like um, annual uh, use report, or is that uh, include, or is that separate from like the policy updates? So basically, what I'm asking is when you like. Are you going to have the report done? Are you aiming to have the report done by June, and the suggested language changes to the policy itself completed um, at the same time, or is that going to take longer? No, I would like to have them both done by June. Both by June. Okay. Because um, yeah, I'm just thinking of the report itself, not the, like the the draft language changes per se, but just the report with the data and the numbers. Um, posted in so that folks, so that community members can have the summary of that information, that data um, available to be able to discuss in relevant, like relevant to the existing policy, which uh, Lieutenant has stated is not going to change significantly. It'll just have like, it may have like a couple of language changes within it, but not the, um, not overall. So it's really just focusing on, on the data, what the data is showing versus what the report, what the final policy update will actually say. And I would just caution, I believe the government code specifies the report and policy in terms of its use for one community forum meeting. So um, it may strike to what you're sort of hitting on is that we may not be able to qualify or satisfy the government code if we don't have the completed report and policy, but I don't have it in front of me. Heard. 
I do recall last year you said you was only legally obligated to have one meeting. Correct. That is, uh, I see uh, Commissioner Castillo-Krings and Commissioner Johnson. Go ahead. Um, so in talking about this, and we have a community forum, community meeting, we know questions are going to come up about operations. Questions are going to come up outside that scope. So, and those questions are not going to be ready for that particular forum. And I know we're probably going to say, well, we only scheduled one meeting. <laughs> so now do we really want to have that meeting there then? We don't have everything all lined up for the community or is it possible just to delay it a little while longer so the community can at least get something to bite on? Commissioner Castillo-Krings? So this kind of gets back to the, the issue we had last year in terms of at what point do we ask fee the community to provide feedback and how do we incorporate that feedback where appropriate and possible into the next draft, right? And that goes back to the comments I was making earlier about if we're gonna ask the community to spend time with us and to put a little bit of thought into what they'd like to see, I think it, we need to cut enough follow up and show them why we, how we're adopting things or how we're taking their feedback into consideration. And so I think the question for me is also, if there isn't gonna be a lot of changes in this upcoming policy, does PD at least address some of the issues that they heard the community bring up? Because I think that's gonna be really important. Again, I'm not, I'm not suggesting that you have to make everything that, they, that the community brought up and make those changes, but there has to be an explanation as to why or why not, just to make sure that the community understands that one, when we're, we're not wasting their time and that we're be taking them seriously. Right. So yes, the recommendations are being incorporated into the report and policy, which are, as of this morning, being worked on. Um, I'm thinking back to last year, and the community survey had a lot of respondents. And so perhaps instead of aligning that to our community forum zone or time frame, maybe we release that earlier this year and use those as prompts to address and sort of cater our conversation during the community forums. Um, at the same time, that would give us some insights as to what we should be focusing and steering our, our report as it lands into the port of being finalized or a draft ready for publication. Um, but to answer your first question, yes, the recommendations from this commission here um, are notes that we took during each of those forums. They're all being examined and making sure that it's legal, that we have the capacity, that it's not already answered and just phrased differently, right? Because I think I spoke maybe a month or two ago that we heard a lot of feedback that the report and policy was just too technical. Um, there's confusion over the summary sheet, stuff like that. And, and so those are the types of things that we're trying to avoid this year, which is why I would really prefer to have the community forums around completed or draft versions of the policy and report um, just because that was one of the one of the concerns that we got last year. Commissioner Carter, I concur with Commissioner John.
word and not, uh, you know, try to have a meeting and we don't talk about this issue over here because you don't know who's going to show up at the meeting. Might be a whole new group of people. Um, they may have different concerns, but if the report is completed and SACPD is compared, prepared, then we can have a meeting, intelligent meeting, and they'll at least be able to answer the community's questions and the community won't be upset. I hear that. And yeah, there's nothing that requires us to have three. I think we, uh, last year we had proposed three because we had wanted to offer an opportunity for community members in each of the major areas, the South, uh, South Sacramento, North Sacramento, and the Central City area um, to be able to weigh in and, and be able to answer the same conversations. If we limit it to one, then we're asking all of these areas to come into the same meeting, which, um, the venues that we were able to secure last year only had like only allowed like I think at most up to like 100 people, so it could make it a little bit harder. Commissioner Carter, I'm not saying to just only have one. If I recall, last year we were advised that legally SAC PD only had to present mm. one. Mm. So and so so the issue last year, since people didn't have notice, they were all upset. They were at the meeting, it was empty, wasn't a lot of people there, and the bottom line was technically SAC PD can say this qualifies for our one meeting. So the commission gave three because we want to spread it around Sacramento, but legally, from what I understand, they only have to do one meeting, but they did come to all three. So, but my, what I'm saying now is I don't want to piecemeal the meeting um, I'd rather just have SAC PD prepared, so whatever needs to be done, the data, whatever, give them enough time to do it, we can have notice, we can advertise, whoever shows up, shows up, everybody's well prepared to answer all the community questions, because you already did the homework, and they have the data and the report is final. So whether it's August, it, it really doesn't matter, you know, I don't know why we're trying to rush it, but... You know, so whenever it's done, whether it's done in June or it's done in July, and it go up the flagpole in the chain and everybody dot the I's and cross the D's and review it, and then finally it's final, final, and they say, okay, mission, commission, now you can put on, you know, advertise your workshops, that's the date. Yeah, I mean, that's definitely something that we can, that, a way that we can go about it. I was going to jump in to add that Given that we have now, as of the, as of uh, last year, 22 uh, recommendations squarely on the military equipment use uh, policy, that could actually be the focus of of the police department's response is like actually going through and responding to each of those recommendations based on how we initially recommended it in 2022, and then uh, and also the uh, uh, enhancements and additions that were offered by the community from 2023. So with that in mind, we could do it as, as one. And I'm, uh, if that's what a majority of commissioners would rather see, then that would be something that could be done in, or I, I could see happening in July. The reason I had upped it was because thinking about both the uh, promotion time, giving, like giving folks enough notice, and um, the commission time to complete the report that we did, uh, like we did last year when, um, the last meeting, ha like when the last uh, community meeting happened, uh, 
the chair uh, and, and I had uh, less than two, like less than three weeks to complete this, like go through each of the notes um, and, like, and synthesize it into a completed report and, and along with the recommendations. We're trying to like avoid that same um, crunch time uh, that we had last year uh, where we put in a lot of work to, pr uh, to produce that, that report um, and then didn't end up getting the time to actually present on it or speak to it um, afterwards. And, we, and that's actually one of, like, why we have one of the goals in here uh, for 2024 to be a specific agendized presentation with, like, on, based on that report. So uh, like, is, it's sounding like um, a majority would like to uh, reduce it to one, which we can talk about again last month. Okay. Oh, sorry, I'm sorry. I apologize. Hint one, but as a commission, we got the South, we got Del Paso, and some other community center. So in the past, we always do three workshops. My only concern is, however, whatever workshop we're doing, whether it's three workshops, I just want to say PD to be prepared. I didn't like the idea of carving out this little subject matter over here and only talk about this. So. So I wouldn't want you to do only the geographics for the three workshops because you're okay. still not talking about the entire report. Heard. Okay, that makes more sense. And it doesn't sound like, I don't talk speak for you, but it doesn't sound like Sacred is opposed to doing the three workshops, even though they may legally only Work be time. obligated to do one. They did the three last year, so they should be willing to do the three this year. So the whole Sacramento, city of Sacramento, everybody has their little input and they can listen to see, you know, listen to what SACPD has to say on the policies and geographics and whatever else. Heard. Commissioner Wayne Johnson. All I need to say behind her, her comments is amen. Because <laughs> you know, that was exactly what I was gonna say too. You know, on it. You know, if we're if we're about community input and service, we have to hold those three. Trying trying to get get it all all of this down into one centralized meeting. People people do not travel, <laughs> you know, like that. You know, on it. And and to the extent that we do the three, we're showing our willingness and and PD's willingness at transparency and input. So there's real benefit that comes uh, to all of us uh, by doing that, you know. And we've already established the precedent, you know. But again, the finalized timing will be dependent upon what uh, legal comes back with in terms of the separation between report, annual report and use report uh, on it. And what, what does you got to deliver a report within a year mean, you know. A year of the date of last adoption or within the calendar year? You know, that answer will drive, you know, the rest of the timing. It sounds like you just want the lead time, right, to have the community, yeah. right? So if, if once Lieutenant Shirash and his team gets close to being completed with the report, that's something like in your bi your, your biweekly meetings you guys could come up with and say, okay, we're getting close, we're going to be done, we're going to be able to post it in our transparency page where people have access to it. So here's, you could have six weeks from now, and if we have to do the three one week after another, I mean, if, if that's, then, we, then that's where we're at with the timeline, right? So, but I think it's really the lead time for people to digest the information that we're putting out. 
And that's what I'm getting at, what's, what's going on right now. So I think with the, the logistics of working with, with uh, Lieutenant Shirashi, I think that's doable and you'll have a better timeline as we get closer. We just can't put out a, a poor product that's incorrect, right? So we have to have our stuff squared away. And by the law, it, it, we do have to present that report. We can't go with, with pieces here and there. We have to present the final report. So I think that's just my recommendation. Sounds good to me. Uh, was that your comment, Wayne Johnson? All right. Any uh, last call for comments on the proposed work calendar, uh, meeting calendar? So with that then, the March meeting based on this calendar, we would be in, uh, we'd be agendizing a discussion around our community engagement process for the MEU. Um, and we could also do a discussion around our community engagement process for the other community forums based on what we have. It shouldn't take nearly as long as it did last year because we have the, the model and the template already created. So um, happy to work with uh, the vice chair um, and any other commissioners who are interested in helping to uh, to frame and formulate our engagement process. Um, just let me know in the email when you select your, um, uh, the work group or the work topic areas that you're interested in. And with that, are there any members of the public who wish to speak on uh, this item? Thank you, Chair. I have no speaker slips on this item. Thank you, Clerk. Uh, are there, uh, we've already had our, are there, there, we already had our discussion uh, to speak on this item. So uh, we will now move on to, um, is there a motion and a second for this item to uh, proceed to a vote? Thank you. Thank you, Commissioners Wayne Johnson and John Johnson. Uh, will the clerk please call the roll? Thank you, Chair. Commissioners, please unmute. Commissioner Sample, absent. Commissioner Jay Johnson. Present. Commissioner Z Johnson. Yes. Commissioner Carter Martinez, absent. Vice Chair Buen Rostro, absent. Commissioner Griggs. Yes. Commissioner Carter. Yes. Commissioner Jody Johnson. Yes. Commissioner Castillo Krings. Yes. Commissioner Espinosa Salazar? Yes. Chair Bliss? Yes. Thank you, motion passes. Okay, next is item four, uh, the Sacramento Community Police Reviews Commission's annual report to city council. It is included with it alongside the, um, the annual report, which I uh, had mentioned earlier. Just summarizes our activities for 2023, the MEU conversations, the um, evaluation of uh, SPU's response to our 2018-2019 recommendations, and the uh, search and seizure policy review and uh, recommendations. Um, this includes, uh, this is supposed to include the list of uh, recommendations which we discussed last meeting, um, which majority of commissioners um, agreed with and approved and uh, were uh, 
just needed to be uh, finalized with the uh, updated rationale and uh, adjustments based on that conversation, which uh, were included in the supplemental attachment uh, for your review. So now all that's left is to uh, take a motion for a vote. Is there a motion to uh, move the item forward or is there any, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Uh, the first things first is to ask if there are any comments or questions uh, from commissioners. Thank you, Chair, I have no speaker slips on this item. Speakers are from the public. Are there any commissioners who would uh, request, uh, who would like to give comment? I see uh, Commissioner Wayne Johnson and Commissioner Cassio Krings. Go ahead. Oh, oh, it's outdated. <laughs> Very well, Commissioner Cassio Krings. So just to kind of clarify, we're including three additional recommendations than what was approved, than what we discussed last time. So just want to make sure that everyone understands that. And the other thing is, um, could we go back to the, the recommendations that were proposed during last meeting? Yes. Uh, so the recommendations that, were, that we had uh, shared last meeting were focused um, around the search and seizure uh, policy recommendations um, in support of OPSA, but providing a little bit more detail. The additional recommendations that were added were based on the ones that I had uh, suggested adding in during that conversation, which included um, recommendations around the, um, the process for um, update, like for the commission to review um, and evaluate new general orders, reference manuals, and uh, policy updates. And what I had done was basically form, like, broken that language out into, into clear areas and had added, um, uh, provided a little bit more detail, which ended up coming out into three. Um, so just for the search and seizure recommendations, um, the, uh, the summary was the uh, creating a standalone affirmative Fourth Amendment policy governing uh, SPD's search and seizure policies, procedures, and practices, um, and clearly articulating their, their rules, procedures, and limits for conducting all manner of search and seizure practices, including but not limited to the verbatim language of the Fourth Amendment. Mr. Chair, and, and I don't, I'm not objecting to the three additional ones that are added, but it seems like the search and seizure this time around the, the detail and the recommendations are much more detailed than what we're asking PD to do than what we had discussed at the la last meeting. Mm. So I just wanna, I have a concern with that. I was comfortable with the search and seizure recommendations as they were proposed. I think the additional, there's additional um, requirements that we're asking and we're also adding additional language in the rationale. And I'm more comfortable with the previous version of it. I'm fine including the additional three. So, so the three additional that we added are, I think I forget what we call them in the document. Uh, it was uh, accountability and organization. Yes, policy. so I'm okay with those three. I just, I have questions about the additional uh, changes that were made to the search and seizure and the other recommendations. I'm more comfortable with the, the version that was presented in January. The version that was presented in January wasn't, uh, was, in draft form, and I had mentioned before that there were like there was additional rationale that I wanted to include, and um, a couple of shifts 
namely under, um, I believe there was one with the um, engagement of, uh, of uh, minors and youth that I had uh, broken out to include, um, that, I, at, uh, that I think were included in the same um, general order, which was um, pregnant persons and disabled persons as well. Try to pull it, uh, pull up the last month's uh, recommendation, but um, I, I, if there's if there's a motion to go with it, I can revert it back to the language that was discussed from uh, last month uh, and leave in those rationales, or we can just keep it, like use the language in there. Uh, with the or, or we can just use like use that language and update it based on uh, with, uh, and add the uh, additional three recommendations in there. I defer to the other commissioners, but that would be my preference to basically keep the language that was presented in January and then add the three additional recommendations that you're proposing in this new version. Commissioner Carter. tell the new language so I don't even remember what we talked about last month but if you made changes to the items you didn't do it in red so I don't know what's new is there some new detail added to the search and seizure recommendations if there's new detail added I don't know where it is because it's all black and white. It's not strike through or anything like that. No track changes. Yes, there's no track changes. So I, I don't Perfect. know what was old, what was new. It was all merged together. So uh, I concur. You know, you said you had an issue with the new stuff, but I don't know what the new stuff is. I don't know if so, other commissioners know what the new stuff is either. I didn't add any, I don't believe I added anything new to the recommendations beyond just um, some language tweaks, which to make it a little bit more uh, uniform, like add addition of like clear and detailed descriptions of the things that were added in there. But I'm curious to know, uh, Commissioner Castillo-Krings, what changes in there that you, you saw that were different from last month's? I apologize that it's not, uh, marked in like is marked highlighted in red. I should have done that, um, and I can I can provide that. Uh, I can try and provide that additional ones based on uh, what's printed in the um, last month's recommendations. But it, unfortunately, the uh, changes that I was making as I was making it suffered from the same computer crash that affected the annual report, and I had to actually redo a, like do some of that. Yes, yeah, I'm. And I'm sorry, I'm going back bef between the January and the what's in our in our agenda. Just some of it require has a lot more detail, even in the actual recommendations. So I think I'm trying to I'm trying to look up this. Um, I think I'm in the right one. One second. Like the warrantless entry into residential homes and conducting right. That one's very clear. Adopt a new general order. In the January one, it says warrantless entry into residential homes and conducting searches without sufficient legal authority, period. Adopt new general order, establish a standalone affirmatively poli um, 
affirmative policy that clearly defines and articulates SPD authority and kind of goes on to finish the sentence. But then when you actually look at the new recommendation, it actually adds much more than just what it says and the policy should include but not limited to and then it details a list of things. So to me, it actually does change the recommendations that we saw in January versus what we have today. And so I don't feel comfortable voting on something that does not necessarily align with what we discussed in January. Because to me, it's not just in the rationale, it actually changes the recommendation. So I would either propose, A, we go back and actually do the track changes so that everybody understands what the changes are and we can vote on them. Um, or we just go back and revert to the January version with the inclusion of the three recommendations. That would be my proposal. So take a look at, um, for example, number nine and search and seizure, that one is different than what was proposed in January, which was number seven in January. So again, I just think, I just, I just for clarity, it's important for us to understand what we're voting on. So since this item was already voted on in January, it should just reflect uh, what was presented in the item as well as any changes that was made from the dais. That's what this document should reflect. But I think um, when I'm looking back at the agenda, I, I don't. I think it was just a discussion because, as the chair said, we were we were it was just going to be a discussion item for final approval and voting on for this meeting. But I just think it's it's important if we're making changes to the recommendations that everybody saw in January that those um, items be very clear. Okay, so it's my, you guys did not vote on this. I don't it was just discussion. We, yes, I, I believe. In fact, I'm pulling up the report right now. Yeah, it was just, so recommendation discuss the Sacramento Police Review Commission, proposed follow-up log, and proposed work plan, pass a motion approving the follow-up log, but not necessarily approving the uh, work plan or the recommendations. Oh, wait. So, I'm hoping that we can get a reflection of the minutes uh, from last meeting to just determine if we had actually taken a vote because my, I thought based on conversations I had w was that uh, we had agreed to the, uh, the principle of the recommendations with uh, the language changes that I had suggested, um, which I came back with but didn't uh, correctly highlight. To answer your question when it comes to like the numbering of those, I, I adjusted the order of the recommendations, but uh, not specifically the uh, recommendations themselves, uh, other than to add like additional verbiage. Um, it's still 12, but some of them were uh, under the draft were misnumbered. And um, a couple had reflected language from other recommendations that I had intended to be, um, uh, that, that I didn't intend to be there, um, such as the um, engagement, or the policy for engaging with uh, youth, pre pregnant persons, and disabled persons. 
Those are supposed to be three separate recommendations, which are at the, um, uh, towards the end. I moved them up in the order um, to reflect, uh, to like to basically go in, in line with the same uh, under, after the uh, youth engagement policy recommendation. So it's a little bit different, but I totally understand that this is now confusing because there isn't a, um, the red highlight of uh, the, the language that was changed. Um, the rationale, the additional rationale I did add to um, for like for all the recommendations, but uh, it, but I didn't have recommendations uh, or didn't have the rationale included in the um, in the ones that didn't just like specifically align with the OPSA uh, audit because they were like they were technically ones that I were I was recommending um, be added in addition to those ones. And uh, I was informed that, or I, I was under the understanding that we didn't have to have the rationale completely finalized for mm -hmm. the January agenda. And, and, and I appreciate that. My issue is not with the rationale. It is the expansion of the recommendations that I'm having an issue with. And right. so that expansion of the recommendation, if we're voting on that, I think needs to be very clear to everybody. With that understanding, then the motion on the table is to um, revert it back to the language that was approved last month. But there were changes that needed to be made from that draft from last month because of uh, errors that were included when it was shared. So uh, Jacob clarified, it wasn't an item that was voted on. You discussed it and provided direction. So it is up for vote. I don't see your name. Okay. Uh, Rick. Rick. Uh, just a quick question. If we don't have January's completed and clear and concise, is it a good idea to vote on it? I don't I don't believe it is. If we're gonna if we're gonna vote on something that happened in January and we still have some mistakes in there or some changes, then I don't think that we should be making a motion to pass that or to pass these new additions. We pass these new additions too. It's, it's getting too jumbled up and too confusing. I think we need to clarify everything, make it simple for everybody, and then make one vote. So I would I would say that let's not vote tonight on this. I was basically going to say the same thing. You know, it, you know, it's 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 important that we're all clear any time that we're going to pass anything, yep. you know, because it's a very sensitive area, you know, on. And so is there anything administratively that drives us having to adopt tonight? And if not, then I would I would uh, suggest that you, you send out the, the track changes on it and we take it up at the next meeting. With that in mind, my thought would be that rather than approve the annual report with recommendations included that we just separate the uh, 2023 recommendations, specifically the search and seizure uh, policy from, or uh, search and seizure recommendations from the annual report um, and send the rest that we do agree with, the annual report, the um, three additional uh, recommendations on account organizational culture and accountability and the um, 
uh, MEU community response, uh, responses, which were just gonna be attached to that anyway, because they were from 2023 as well, and we're just adding them into our annual report. So the motion, the revised motion could be um, approving the annual report with, uh, with the org uh, accountability and organizational culture recommendation, or uh, approve everything else but separate the uh, search and seizure policy recommendations uh, to bring back for next month. Is, is there a concern just basically postponing it for one more and just sending everything as one? that again is not really clear, then it makes it difficult for all of us to understand and how can we serve the public if we're not making things clear to them. Mm. The only reason I would be hesitant to, uh, to pull everything, the annual report included, is because uh, it, I, like, it sets our um, work group priority area, or our work topic areas and the uh, meeting calendar, which aren't affected squarely by the recommendations. Um, and in order for, like last year we ran into the issue of trying to agendize um, our meeting calendar um, without the uh, PMPE committee going through and approving our uh, work plan where it actually created a bit of confusion and controversy where we had like where we were almost prevented from actually having a conversation around MEU policy which uh, because we were because it wasn't approved by the PMP committee but mr. chair I thought discussion item number three which we voted on already kind of has both the work plan and the calendar the way that the the agenda has split it up we're just talking about the annual report so item three is is the proposed work plan, which actually incorporates the, the calendar. Oh, you're right, it actually does. So we actually could just go with that. Is that, does that work? Okay, my bad. Then yeah, we'll just hold, postpone the annual report and send the work plan forward. Sound good? All right, so then we will have this as a receive and file the clerk is that right or do we need a motion to actually like approve the postponement <laughs> yes <laughs> you need a motion to continue the item okay then uh the motion is to continue motion. the item until march yes. oh sorry commissioner carter okay so <laughs> I'm sorry, I thought you did, but Jacob clarified that you did not. It was okay, just discussed so it was and discussion. Yeah. And so when we postpone the search and seizure part and get strike, what does you call it? Um, track changes. Track changes. When we get the track changes and then red and everybody can see the, the difference, then we can vote on it. Is that right? Correct. <laughs> okay, okay. Okay, I'm straight now. I'm good. Okay. All right. Okay. Yep. All right, then the, well, we're motioning to 
continue the item uh, to our March meeting. You're asking for a motion. Oh, uh, is there a motion? Is there a motion? Motion. Second. Yeah. Commissioner Carter, or Commissioner uh, Garcia Crangs and Commissioner Carter. Let's, uh, can the clerk please call the roll? Thank you, Chair. Commissioners, please unmute. Commissioner Sample? Absent. Commissioner Jay Johnson? Aye. Commissioner Z. Johnson? Yes. Commissioner Carter Martinez? Absent. Vice Chair Boone Rostro? Absent. Commissioner Griggs? Yes. Commissioner Carter? Yes. Commissioner Jody Johnson? Yes. Commissioner Castillo Krings? Yes. Commissioner Espinosa Salazar? Yes. And Chair Bless? Yes. Thank you, motion passes. All right, then moving on to the last item of the meeting, uh, Commissioner follow-up log, which we have made as, as a standing item on commission meetings so that we can um, uh, identify, or with an updated log uh, to allow us to identify the work topic areas that it might be included in, as well as uh, any additions um, such as uh, specific requests for presentations or requests for information and data from the police department or the city. Um, are there any, is there any members of the public who wish to speak on this item? Thank you, Chair. I have no speaker slips on this item. Thank you, Clerk. Are there any commissioners who wish to uh, speak on this item? And uh, just to note that this is an opportunity as well if there are additional presentations that you wish to uh, have either in the next month's meeting or months later. Uh, I'll add myself to the, uh, the, the queue, but wanted to, st are still opening up for other commissioners. So one request uh, that I'd like to add to the log, which I thought was already included in here, was a uh, request on uh, the RIPA report um, that Commissioner Carter had requested many years ago um, to be agendized for our, um, let me double check our work plan. Um, yeah, I would like that to be uh, to be included in the June uh, a, a presentation by our June meeting. If there are no other commissioners to speak on this item, then. Is there a motion uh, and a second to, fo to follow this law or do we need to receive, or is this a receive and file? If there are no changes, did you, are we making changes to it? I guess not. It's really just kind of an update to the previous law request from Commissioner Carter for a presentation on the Ripper report. This, like, the request in the log is listed as a draft, but there's now a, a 2024 RIPA report. So, oh. uh, just just to help clarify, 
Are you asking for that to be included in the work plan that the PNPE is going to adopt so that you have a presentation on the schedule? Is that what you're asking? Uh, I'm just, it's already in the work plan. Uh, it's, ar it's already requested, so I'm just like updating it to reflect the 2024 RIPA data report. You can uh, move the item with that update. Okay. Chair, real quick, you're, I think you're referring to DOJ's RIPA report and not SACPD's because our, our 2024 report is not, like our 23 report is not complete. We don't have to have all our data to um, DOJ for 2023 until March, with April of this year. So our report, our, our 2023 report is not completed yet. So I think you're referring to one maybe they put out for uh, 2022. Um, I'm not positive which one you're referring to because our 23 report is not completed. Commissioners to reach out to DOJ for scheduling a presentation. So we want the DOJ report then, that's what your request initially was. Then I request the DOJ's report, um, but now that I'm hearing it, uh, I would ask SACPD, do you have um, report, uh, RIPA data reports from um, prior to 2023, so 2022 and 2021? I'm going to let Lieutenant Shirashi, that's his shop again, come up and talk. Okay. report what specifically are you referring to the racial identity and profiling act correct so that as as officers collect that information it's produced to DOJ it's submitted it's published to DOJ so I guess what, what exactly are you looking for we don't have like an annual RIPA report because it's a state mandated legislative mandate that we publish to DOJ then DOJ publishes statewide report on all the agencies within California. So, Commissioner Carter, maybe you could speak more to this. No, no, he's correct because yeah. it was my understanding that SACPD was collecting all the data, sending it to DOJ, and then DOJ analyzes everything, and they promulgate the report. Correct. So I had asked to be on the log for somebody from DOJ to come and present on the last RIPA, uh, but now we got a new one that just came out in January 2024. But then you just said SACPD got their own little RIPA thing going on? Yes, so we have until April of this year to finish submitting all of our 2023 information, and so that's, that's when ours is going to be submitted to DOJ at which point I believe they would be able to synthesize all the information and produce their report. Okay, so for clarification, what he's saying is nothing has really changed. You still collect the data and you send it to DOJ and they put out the report, but now you got some new data in the pipeline that you're gonna be sending to DOJ. Is that correct? And to close out uh, 2023, right. yes. Okay, so. So SACPD doesn't have a separate RIPA collection report that they're going to put out. They're going to send all their stuff to DOJ. So we would want to request then from the DOJ instead. Because DOJ makes... has to analyze what SACPD gives them. Okay. If that's the case, then, yeah, I would, maybe we can just, uh, we can, 
I would like to request a presentation from the DOJ on the 2024 RIPA data when it's ready. Uh, or it is ready now. It is ready. So requesting a presentation from the DOJ is uh, by, uh, for a presentation by the June uh, public meeting, 2024. Can I motion for that as chair? Or does someone else have to second? Oh, yes. Motion, motion and <laughs> yes. You okay. can ask for a motion with that, yes. Okay. So then <laughs> I'm... Uh, is, they, uh, is there a motion? Wait, 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 wait. <laughs> I think we first got to find out if DOJ is available. What are their dates to come and present? I think he's asking for it to be added to the follow-up log. Yeah, just amend the follow-up log to reflect that we're asking for the 2024 data. Report. Okay, just put it on the log. Okay. And we have to motion for that? Or do we, like... It, it if you're all agreeing to amend, yes. Any When you act as a body, you do have to... Okay. I do it by motion and vote. Okay, so you making a motion? I'll make the motion. Yes, a mo motion to update the follow-up log to um, request a presentation on uh, the 2024 RIPA report. Second. All right, uh, Madam Clerk, please call the roll. Thank you, Chair. Commissioners, please unmute. Commissioner Sample, absent. Commissioner Jay Johnson. Present. Commissioner Z. Johnson? Yes. Commissioner Carter Martinez? Absent. Vice Chair Buen Rostro? Absent. Commissioner Griggs? Commissioner Carter? Yes. Commissioner Jody Johnson? Yes. Commissioner Casilla Krings? Yes. Commissioner Espinosa Salazar? Yes. And Chair Bliss? Yes. Thank you. Motion passes. All right. With that, that concludes our discussion calendar. We are, the next item is member comments, ideas, questions, uh, and uh, staff report. Are there any commissioners who wish to speak uh, for the commission ideas and comments? Just to... Uh, this also has been updated to reflect uh, staff comments as well. I had originally requested for the February meeting that we bring back uh, the chair updates along with OPSA staff and SPD staff updates to um, just to give up, like, to give brief oral reports around any requests, whether that be for data or presentations from the department, from OPSA, um, in real time, as well as for the chair to give updates on any outstanding items or, or requests from commissioners. Um, just to note that the joint work, uh, my chair update is going to focus on the joint workshop, which is currently progressing and uh, has uh, city council staff um, getting, uh, preparing the uh, potential language changes uh, to city code. For, uh, um, to reflect the city auditor's uh, recommendations or, uh, that were done from the audit of our commission, which we heard uh, an update from last year. Um, so they've, or, or their next step is to request a meeting with uh, the chair and vice chair uh, to discuss uh, those potential changes and get uh, an outline, I believe, for the agenda for what that joint uh, workshop, which is tentatively looking to be in March 2024.
We're just trying to identify a particular date um, that works for council members um, or works for council members. So uh, the, cha uh, the chair and vice chair and I will be attending that meet or we'll be scheduling that meeting and we'll report back at our March uh, 2024 meeting to let folks know where, we're, where things are at. I did want to speak to that particular uh, workshop to just name that uh, with the city, the city auditor's report, by my understanding, uh, corroborated a lot of uh, the recommendations that the commission had made when it came to internal changes uh, the, uh, with how our commission runs, the staffing, which included uh, access to independent counsel, uh, as well as a recommendations process, how our recommendations were brought to city council. Um, I'm speaking for myself right now to just name that I joined this commission to uh, knowing that we like that the rules and the purpose and the duties and powers of the commission were confusing, if not non-existent, and that. Uh, but I joined specifically to serve on a body that was for intent, like for all intents and purposes, or for for the intention that was stated publicly, and that commissioner and that commission. Yeah community members have requested was for a civilian oversight model, which in, the, in, in uh, the city auditor's own report identified us as within the civilian oversight model, a hybrid model, if you will, um, that was stated within that, uh, or you know, that was identified as uh, under the National Association of Civilian, uh, civilian Law Enforcement uh, uh, Boards or whatnot, NACOL. I apologize for, mis, uh, for mispronouncing the acronym. But this has been a long-standing request and understanding that we're coming to this conversation to really get clarity and to um, actually work through the differences that, we, that may exist between us and our council members when it came to the city auditor's report. And I want to be clear that I have intending, like, that I do not want this to be a waste of our time as a commission. I'm not interested in trying to codify any frustrations that we have been dealing with for the last uh, as many years that have led to this backlog. And I consider us and will fight for the civilian oversight model that the community, that the community had intended us to be. We are an independent commission whose charter purpose is providing community participation in reviewing and recommending police department policies, practices, and procedures, as well as monitoring the implementation, evaluation, and sustainability of city and policing initiatives and programs. That to me sounds like a, a civilian oversight model. If it is the council's intent not to have us as a civilian oversight body and simply to establish us as an advisory body, then so be it. But that's not what I signed up for, and I don't know if, uh, I'm not gonna speak for any of you, I don't know if that's what you signed up for. I'm very concerned that we're not actually moving towards that model and we're actually just going through the motions. I'm not interested in a, perf in a performative game when it comes to this joint workshop that just makes us feel like we're part of the city apparatus and the review process, but not actually allowing us to be that uh, part of that process. We have years worth of recommendations, years worth of work that many commissioners here and before have done to actually, like, to actually put forward to improve Sacramento's community policing practices. And most of them still haven't been heard. 
We're still going through 2020, and I really appreciate the, uh, the good faith efforts that have been made by certain officers, including Captain Buchanan and Lieutenant Shiryashi, as well as Assistant City Manager Lara, to do that. But I don't like. But if the goal is to simply weaken us further than we already are, and just make this even more performative than it is, then we need to be prepared to actual like to have a very frank and honest conversation that could be open to conflict. To which I like reason I raise that now is because it has long been identified. I have publicly stated it myself at city council meetings and uh, even on this body that there is an uh, inherent problem within, uh, with the culture that currently governs our city meetings and processes as well as city code that we need to all grapple with together that I, uh, and that may end up arise uh, to particular conflicts. But we can't be afraid of that. I don't think we should be afraid to have conflicts with our council members any more than uh, we should be afraid to have conflicts with each other. To disagree is how we come to consensus. It's how we grow as people and it's how we learn, in my opinion. But I'll, I, all that to say, if the goal is to simply co like to codify the frustrations of the years and just make us an, a mere advisory body that's performative in nature but not actually have any real oversight or able to hold the, the police department that serves us accountable, then I'm not interested in it. I'll leave it for you all to decide how, like, how you approach that meeting, but I'm just gonna name that for myself here today. Are there, uh, Commissioner Carter, go ahead. I was gonna talk on a separate issue. We are advisory, so there's no way around that. They've been saying that for the last seven years. So we are advisory. I don't know what's gonna happen at this meeting. It'll be interesting to see. Um, so I'm just waiting for the meeting. And in March, we have an election, right? So we might have three new city council people. So that's another issue. They're gonna have plausible deniability that they don't know anything because they just got elected. But uh, Commissioner Jody Johnson, he referenced whether we will have a know your rights for the community as a community workshop. And then you mentioned something about um, the search procedure. Um, so you mentioned something about putting it on the agenda. How, how do we do that? I mean, are we going to have a community workshop and it's going to be know your rights? So my question is, do we have to put that on the agenda? How does that materialize? So part of the work plan is to discuss the community engagement process when it comes to the non-MEU community forums. And that is where I would envision that conversation being had. What we could do, like, we could also just have a meeting request and make the request to have a Know Your Rights training that give, that's given to the full commission. But uh, we, if we wanted to include like a component in the community, uh, uh, the community forums for the other issues, then we could just agendize that, like as as a present as as its own presentation within that process, and then jump into the meat of the topic. 
like the work, like you know, a workshop on homelessness or a workshop on community. I, I'd recommend if if that's something you're interested in, that that's something you guys kind of talk offline about how to organize, and I'll be happy to assist you with, you know, how you want to move forward with it. But um, having a discussion on how to do it, where to do it, is a little bit beyond the brief comment section. But that's something you can do offline. I just didn't know whether we had to put it on the agenda. It was brought up in today's discussion. And so my question was, what's the logistics? Do we, so it doesn't have to be on the agenda. We, if it's the whole, if the whole commission wants to hear it, then it has to be an agendized meeting. Okay. And if it's just solely to educate the community as a workshop, then we don't have to do all that. We just pick a date and, Go do it. Essentially, okay. as long as it's less okay. than the, the okay. body, yeah. If there are no more other comments, then this concludes today's agenda. Thank you everyone for your participation. The meeting is adjourned.